Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of the two part C5 space, the sword versus the moon. Let's take a fucking listen. Uh, if any of you guys are developers, um, <laughs> we're looking for a little team that can help Terra Spaces here create like a staking page where some of the staking rewards from some different chains can go to uh, Finn to help uh, do all these like recordings and cool stuff he's doing. So uh, that's going to be one of our little projects here. So we'll see if we can get that to work out. Hey, Carla, how are you? Uh, let me see if I, I think that's what we did once before. You're, you're, a, you're a physician, right? Yeah, why? Um, well, because I figured that you couldn't just be definitely good-looking and well-spoken. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, yeah, we're uh, just we're gonna have the little party here for kind of. I guess everyone's heard like Bruce's uh, account got uh, freed from Twitter jail. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, pardon, pardon my interruption. Uh, can, can you just give, uh, for those of us that are profoundly ignorant, like a little bit of background to contextualize that? Oh, what happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you guys know uh, Coach Bruce here who hops onto space all the time with us. And um, he's kind of like the founder of the Lunk Dow or Luna Classic Dow. And uh, he. Um, he creates a lot of uh, fun content is on Twitter, kind of really satirical and funny and kind of hangs out with here and just like, just bullshits with us a lot. <laughs> and, uh, he said, uh, he used the word gimp, uh, in a pretty benign way on, on, uh, uh, some, you know, chat with some asshole on Twitter and, uh, somehow got his, uh, Twitter banned. <laughs> so he, he got one of those permanent bands. So it's actually kind of difficult to undo it. But fortunately, like by some force of will and like five appeals or something, a bunch of us were able to get. Uh, oh, yeah. Get, wait, actually, see, I, I used to years ago. No, this is now probably like 2018 pre-COVID. Um, I used to see a girl that worked at Twitter and she told me that if you get banned, you should just keep like uh, contesting it continuously because every single time it gets assigned to a different person. And if you keep doing it, it'll eventually get signed to a person that's friendly enough or decent enough to let you back in. So, so don't give up if you get permabanned. You can absolutely just through sheer willpower force your, shoulder your way back in like, like a football scrimmage into the hellhole <laughs> that Twitter feeds are. So you're saying you're saying Addy here going to uh, Twitter's no. offices at World World Trade Center too, uh, and chit chatting with the team there would be nice. I, 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 I would absolutely not show up at Twitter offices. That is a great way to get arrested. Yeah, you're probably right. 
Addy, um, did you go with your glasses or without them this time? Yeah, no, I went with my glasses. I'm I'm blind without them, so they have to come everywhere. Wait, well, the good wait. news is she works in the actual same. Uh, she works at World Trade Center too, so it's like <laughs> she has an actual uh, like uh, ID card and stuff, you know. Eddie, are you the toothpaste girl? No, <laughs> that's another. That's Marie. Girl. That's Marie. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, well, I, I've only been in your room. If you want some toothpaste, I can send you some. I, but it I, won't I, be like special. I, I already but it'll be special because it comes from me, but it's not going to be like anything organic or anything like that. Should we all uh, hide so we can jump out and say surprise when Bruce gets here? Yeah, sounds oh, like wait, good. Wait, yeah. uh, who who is Bruce? This this mysterious man sounds like he commands considerable rapport in your cohort. Yeah, here he is. He just got on. Yay! Surprise! All right, like claps and whatever emojis and shit. Yeah, we don't have this happen every day, right? So <laughs> let's see if we can get connected here. All right, Coach. Uh, the people demand a speech, and. What were you doing all day? Sleeping or something? We've been waiting for you the whole fucking day. Oh, I was just upset. I was just upset. It took me a while. Even after the unbanning, I was still pretty traumatized. It's like, uh, you know, when someone's in Afghanistan, one of those roadside bombs goes off. The PTSD might last for 20 years. That was me. But I'm recovered now. I did my shaking exercises. Uh, wait, oh, yeah. Do you, do you sew all your limbs? Uh, Coach, do you have your limbs still? You're okay? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was funny, though, because I appealed... I got um, permanently banned for the word gimp, and I appealed four times in total, got rejected. Again and again, it said, uh, it said, I appealed, I wrote these long, like, kind of legal sounding things, like analyzing their terms, <laughs> describing how their in-context rules didn't make sense and stuff. And it said again and again, uh, your account has been suspended and will never be restored. Like, so you think, you think that trip that Addy made to World Trade Center 2 didn't help? I'm not saying that, yeah, ex exactly. I think there was some kind of... Um, Somebody slept with someone. I don't know what it was, who it was, when it was, uh, but it, it clearly worked. Yeah, I had an interesting day today, so you're welcome. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate it. I'm happy to pay for any, um, you know, treatment for fungal infections and stuff. Yeah, very considerate. Very considerate, yeah. Hmm. So uh, tell us, uh, tell us how you felt in this, uh, like, traumatizing experience where you had, like, uh, your 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 visual or digital like identity yourself your metaverse mm, chakra or whatever the fuck you want to call it like what happened uh to you during this time were you were you stressed out were you were you like maybe doing extra push-ups what were you doing yeah it was awful Sefi. it was awful i think um i think many of us have moved into the internet and twitter as our home now and that was certainly me like if you think about it like uh, People refer to their home as like a physical place, right? But it's really where you put all of your attention and where you share that that space of attention with others. So I think I had seen myself as moving permanently into Twitter as a home and living with you guys. Often I do these descriptions of like, you know, I, I'm whenever I, whenever I like listen to spaces, I think the other day I said, I put my phone on my chest near my pillow. Um, I have teddy bears around me. And I always imagine that the teddy bears are you guys. So I was listening and like imagining that, that I'm both touching you and listening to you at the same time as kind of this, this kinesthetic, immersive role play. Um, it's as close as I can get to like full 
full immersive VR reality where there's there's also touching. Um, Bruce, I have a very important question for you. You're a Brit. You, you seem very uh, intelligent, well-spoken. Um, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on Morrissey? And uh, when did you like the Smiths, if ever? I don't know much about him now. I liked him back in the day at university. I listened to him quite a lot. I might put him on now. Yeah, it's something I listened to. I know a lot of Morrissey and Smiths. Like Hairdresser on Fire and I don't know what else. He's pretty gay, but it's pretty good. There's that bus crash one. It's classic. Yeah, I, I liked Morrissey. I liked a guy called Elliot Smith. He was cool as well. Yo, so actually, this is really interesting. Elliot Smith, um, uh, I, I believe, composed two separate songs uh, for the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack. Um, you know, by way of Matt Damon and um, uh, whatever his shitty friend was, um, Ben Affleck. But no, uh, a Miss Misery was specifically written for um, uh, Goodwill Hunting. And separately, Elliot Smith has an, had an interesting death. He was stabbed to death in the chest, um, but there were no hesitation wounds, which is uh, very typical for a suicide by knife. And so there have long been rumored suspicions that it was actually his girlfriend that murdered him. This would have been, this would have been now almost 20 years ago, so 2003, when this happened. Yeah, it was a long time ago. He was very young. Very young. Well, he, he wasn't that young. He was like 33, but like definitely had a significant degree of musical output ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, it's tragic. Sure, for sure. This was always my, um, I don't know, like the the. Well, was was it your Elliot Smith the Joy Division guy? Um, Joy Division. Now we're going back. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. No, I, I read I read um, the David Foster Wallace biography by T D Max. Um, Every love story is a ghost story, and he talked about how when uh, DFW was at Amherst. Um, the suicide of the Joy Division lead singer. I think he was only 24. He was very young, um, very talented guy. Um, uh, was like a major source of discussion, especially among the philosophy crew. He's everybody in philosophy is always considering killing themselves. Hmm. I guess every artist, every musician has a choice to make, right? They have this choice that, that at age 25, 30, they can end their lives through addiction or, or more of a conscious suicide or something. Um, by doing yeah, the, wait, but, but hang on, Bruce. The the Joy Division guy was, I think, only twenty four. I'm sorry. I, well, I'm just talking like the the normal pardon, range. Pardon, pardon my interruption. My bad. Talking two SDs up and down. I think in in many ways, doing it at twenty four is probably um, ineffective, unproductive, too young. You don't have enough time for creative output yet. Um, there's like a peak zone, right, where you're where you're right in your you're kind of immortalized as still being young, like the heat. The oh, dude, dude, let, let, let's nominate the best suicide ever. I think Kurt Cobain is absolutely number one. Well, what I was going to say, Carlisle, is is all Twitter creators have the same choice, right? So when I was permanently banned, I thought, okay, so I've been killed, or um, somebody can assume that I've committed suicide by using the term "gimp." Uh, is this actually worth appealing on some level? Or will my memory live on and echo throughout history if I don't do it? So there was this, this, I was like writhing in my bed and, and like, you know, kind of rolling back and forth in this, this dilemma, this paradox of, you know, should I actually try to get this back or will this immortalize me forever as a legendary poster? 
we could have easily turbo leveled a new account and it would have been much more epic. Like the, <laughs> like uh, it, it would just been, it would have been a fun project, right? Like mm. maybe we should do it anyway, just for the hell of it. I think if it ever happens, then, then I'll do like, um, I'll do spaces only. And, uh, and wait, have, like, wait, but Bruce, but Bruce, I mean, is, is there a British, uh, you know, cell phone, a, a British anti-hero, I guess, use the fortune slang, um, that is equivalent in cultural impact to the Kurt Cobain suicide in 94. Mm. Like, like the Brits are outsized and influence in rock and roll and pop, no doubt. Like Spice Girls, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, whatever, right? Like, you, you, you know, Genesis, you know, so fucking, fucking that- you, you two, oh, regrettably. Like, yeah. like I, 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 like you guys are very good at cultural output, no doubt. But like, you guys have no suicide comparable to Kirk Cobain. He was number one rock star in the world, and he blew his fucking head off. No, I agree. That I think that was the idea. Like I could become that. There's clearly this this void. Geographically, there's a massive void. Geographically and chronologically, there's a massive void here in the UK now. Um, the closest we have to Kurt Cobain is probably the Queen's death, and that is like not even in the same ballpark. No, no. Prince Princess die was way more of a big deal than the Queen dying. That that will happen way before I was born. So I don't I don't have any uh, recollection of that. I mean, I was, I was like six years old, but I, I remember it being a big fucking deal. Amy Winehouse has got to be in that category, surely. Thank you. I said that. I sent like three DMs on that. Amy Winehouse is like, whoops, I fell and drank myself to death. Mm. Yeah, Princess Diana, 1990. That was three years before I was born. That happened. I think there's this weird thing where, where for me, being born in... Um, being born in 2000, it's like everything before that didn't really happen. Like, you know, the Vietnam War and all these other wars and like historical events and um, the, people. Uh, honestly, honestly, Bruce, I think I think there's actually like a very serious basis for what you're saying, because I remember, um, you, you know, Alex Garland, the uh, mostly screenwriter, he wrote a book, uh, sort of a pop fiction book called The Beach. Um in the late 90s, I think probably published 96. It's very big in the late 90s. And um, uh, now now he's a screenwriter and um, with this uh, uh, ex machina, excuse me, ex machina, the, um, he's a director also. But the reason I bring him up is because he was a sort of the last 20 something I can think of that penned and lived off a bestseller you know, in the mainstream culture. I don't think these people exist anymore. I don't think even if you are more that talented, you can do it. Mm. Yeah, food for thought. Well, 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 no, no, I mean, I mean, you're mocking me, but like, that's a serious question, dude. Like when in the past 20 years, post 2000, have you seen an author in his 20s or her 20s make a big splash in mainstream culture? What was it like? Satanic verses and this guy got killed, right? L- lately? Uh, what's his name? Salman Rushdie. But I don't remember what year that was. Wait, wait, did wait, did he die? Yeah, he was finally assassinated. Oh shit! Over the last what? Like it was only like six months ago, right? No, no, no. He he was he was stabbed at like some Upper Manhattan event. Yeah, I didn't realize so, he died though. What are you talking about? You crazy? Are you serious, Steffi? He's never died. He he's like the most uh, resilient 
guy who everyone wanted dead, which is quite he's, funny. He's <laughs> fucking dead now. <laughs> like, he was he avoided it for a long time, but somehow or another, like some thought or something fucked him over. Yeah, some dude stabbed him or something. Like you said, he's not dead though. He's um, yeah, he was just yeah, stabbed. Uh, now he's in uh, recovery. Uh, honestly, Sethy Bruce, is he's fine. Uh, I just go with him. He's not dead. He he. I remember he was attacked by um some young guy. He'd like rush wait, 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 and Bruce, was, was this a continuation and of the like the late eighties fat one? Sorry, I don't want to say it. fat one. Fat one. How do you say that word? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's still being investigated, right? Because it's only a couple weeks ago. Yeah, dude. Oh, one thing I will say is is well, apparently cops some, are pussies. some friends said that his. Yeah, he apparently is alive, and uh, his, some friends um, said 12 hours ago, his mind is sharp as ever. That's what the news says. <laughs> so, uh, good news, he's he's come back from the dead. He's fine. Salman Rushdie's fine. Yeah, let me read. So, Rushdie suffered four wounds in the stomach area of his abdomen, three wounds on the right-hand side. So, we've got a few thinking, one wound in his right no, eye, no, one no, in his chest. No, Bruce, the answer is not enough. Huh. There must be footage of this too, right? Because he was on stage. So are we trying to equate uh, maybe your recovery on Twitter to like this stabbing situation and like a this like uh, mental and physical recovery, this like so, rise so from the phoenix of the ashes? When you were doing your like uh, trauma rotation uh, during your residency, um, did you encounter like many stab wounds? And if so, like, what define the fatal ones versus the non-fatal ones? Mm, well, I guess if it uh, pokes you in the heart, that's no good. Uh, that usually ends poorly. Um, otherwise, yeah, if it's like just in the like through your lungs and stuff, we can just throw a chest tube in there and you'll be fine usually. Actually, it's interesting. Uh, you would think that like the lung is a big blood bag, right? You like if had you not known like uh much about this sort of thing you would assume that like if you like have this huge bag that's essentially full of blood that you just poke at it right you would just bleed out all over the place because like your entire heart output goes through your lungs it's amazing though how much like you can just like cut at the lung and you can kind of like take a piece of it out and this and that and it's like remarkable that it's even possible to cut a piece of lung away and the thing doesn't just bleed out right so actually uh <laughs> like stab wounds to the lung you can make it as long as you don't have like a tension pneumothorax and all that's not bad anyway but yeah like in the if you want to go to my like assassination school and i've got a patreon for that you can wait wait like, wait yeah. 65, before you move on uh last last follow-up uh related to the lung puncture question uh is there a set of lung punctures that's irrecoverable yeah probably if there's too many of them i would think so or maybe like, <laughs> no, or maybe I, mean, like I, I meant with like like if, if you go through like both like the ex you know the the yeah, central like, and uh interior uh you know lung uh, yeah if, if we go through your like pulmonary artery or pulmonary vein or something right like some large vessel in the center and um why are we getting so morbid today the coach is free and the oh um, here's a more interesting question stuffy like what's yeah. the, what's the worst state or injury or something you've seen someone in that they've survived from well does this um let me think you mean like a traumatic incident 
yeah just in, in all of your like um hospital experience or something something where you thought like this oh, yo, yo, yo. actually actually breeze i can perhaps suggest an answer for c5 uh Sefi, excuse me um uh my, one of my roommates uh that was like eight years ago uh uh was a was a resident at a university hospital and he said the gnarliest shit he'd ever seen were what they called flinchers which is like shotgun suicides where they don't blow the brain out. They just blow the face off. Yeah. I've had one of those. That was pretty, that's pretty terrible. It's, it's, it, uh, well, Seppi, I mean, I've never seen it in real life. I've just seen like videos occasionally, but like, I mean, it's like, I mean, at that point you might as well kill, kill yourself, right? <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty hideous mess. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's stuck with kind of a pretty messed up face, a lot of plastic surgery, reconstruction, this and that. It's just, a, it's a hideous thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one's ever going to look at you the same again after that. That's for damn sure. Um, like, you know, people can pretend not to discriminate and shit, but like, they'd be lying. Uh, they're going to see you for sure. They're going to notice this mess. And that was always a problem with that situation. Like it was like, but yeah, it's, it was definitely a thing. Like I've seen one of those. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I, I, okay. So last question, I'll stop talking cause I'm talking a lot. Um, <clears throat> um, have you ever, did you ever encounter like a, like a suicide with delayed, like efficacy, like, you know, somebody like takes a bunch of Tylenol, blows out their liver, but it takes them a week to die or, you know, they drink bleach and then they like stay in critical, you know, in the, in the ICU for, for like a week and a half. And then they finally, you know, you know, whatever. I like, yes, I, I'm, yes. I'm, and yes. I've seen both of those things. That's common. I think. Yeah. Tylenol takes you about like maybe three, four, five days until your liver fails, like fulminant liver failure, uh, bleach. Yeah. That's pretty nasty business. Like it's pretty caustic to your esophagus and stomach and you can like rupture all of that. But, um, yeah, I've seen a little bit of like, yeah, suicides are a fairly common thing that we, uh, catch up with actually, um, overdoses, suicides. Yeah. We get a lot of them. Like there's probably no permutation I haven't seen of ways for you to die. So like, if you want to know, like we can go through one by one, but it's a long list. <laughs> It's, Sorry, it's not particularly very fun. Um, what was Coach referring to that got us onto this? I only hopped in part way where Coach was talking about a some sort of a stabbing on a stage. Well, I, I was talking about how <clears throat> if if somebody is a creative content producer, maybe an artist or a musician or whoever, or even a content producer on Twitter, there's a kind of a dilemma, right? Where where the content producer thinks if they're if they're killed or if they're they're permanently banned from Twitter or something like that, which are now effectively equivalent because our, our online life is our real life. So a permanent banning is equivalent to um, a, a suicide or a murder now, right? Wait, yeah. wait, 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 uh, Coach, you should generalize this. I mean, the reality is this, dude. If you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the death of the self we're dealing with. The death of the online self or the death of the, the physical meat vessel self. So yeah, Jeb, I was saying that when I was banned, I had this this dilemma, this paradox, like, should I actually campaign to get myself unbanned? Or will this banning immortalize me as a legendary poster forever and have a greater reach and a greater impact and a greater like positive influence on the whole world after me? Um, mm. I, I, I noticed this like memorial effect. Like everyone was saying, oh, we miss Bruce, we miss Bruce, we miss Bruce, blah, blah. And then I was imagining that going forward like 50 years and how much of a worldwide movement that could be. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just let myself die digitally. Um, so that's why. We're Very interesting. Kind of like, uh, kind of like Jeebus 
Jeebus911. I don't know if you knew who that was, but he was kind of, he was a funny guy on Twitter and now he's gone forever. You don't think you'd just be forgotten in 50 years, Bruce? I, I, I think, I think me personally, I would have just grown exponentially forever. Well, CJ, CJ, frankly, every element of this conversation collectively and individually will be utterly uh, absent from any you know, 50 reconciliation. Like actually, if, if, uh, if, actually, if these interactions, sorry, go ahead. Actually, I was going to say TerraSpace is, uh, Finn's right here. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're, rec- he's recording this for the next uh, thousand years. Uh, in fact, we're going to create a specialized application for him where you can connect a crypto wallet and, uh, fund it through some of the cosmos validators. Given that it's recorded now, I feel like politicizing this a bit. How do you feel about as a physician about circumcision? Uh, circumcision. Um, I think we're going to basically put coach down on a table and, uh, like, you know, make sure he gets cut. Uh, so they can go to the um, heaven of the land of the Jews. Um, Yahweh um, does not permit him to have a foreskin, so we'll have to take care of that. Well, so here's an interesting thought, um, Sefi. Like, imagine if I never came back, I just disappeared. Could then, like, all of the, the archives... All wait, of the wait, archives, Coach, do you, do you ever hide things in your foreskin just to make sure you don't get, like, they don't get found by the police or whatever? Let Coach think I post about this a lot. Let me just put it one at the top. One sec. These are the many reasons to get banned. Um, hiding things in your foreskin uh, to get not got, get caught by the cops is just one of the many wonders of. Sabi, right. what's the uh, what's the biggest and, thing you've seen someone uh, come to the hospital with uh, hiding in their foreskin? Mm, uh, well, me not being a uh, like a urologist or something, I. I I can't recall. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not the one that deals with that for the most part. Like, yeah, if if I'm dealing, like, so I'm a lung doctor, right? So if I'm sitting in the hospital playing with your penis, uh, probably something's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 Sefi, um, uh, given what you said, like, are, is there any remediation um, if you have COPD or emphysema? Uh, lung transplant? Like is is that it though? There's like no other. It, like I, I only I'm only asking because I've heard that like N-acetylcysteine and other kind of like you know expectorants can potentially nah. at least mitigate some of the worst COPD symptoms. Not really. They don't really do anything. <laughs> don't waste your money. No, it's pretty much uh, not much does anything for it. Unfortunately, limited effect from like uh, like some long acting bronchodilators and this and that. But other than that, it's. Uh, you're sort of stuck with it for for the most part. The lung doesn't grow back, and the uh, the airways, once damaged, don't return to normal. So these are some of those things that, like, once broken, they can't be fixed. And like stem cell things and whatnot are largely a scam still. Um, so we're we're a ways off from like rebuilding your lung from uh, native tissue or something like that. So. Well, well, okay, okay. So, one last question. I've I've heard there's problems with it, but like, what prevents somebody, you know, in in a sort of death knell situation, from just like using machine, uh, you know, heart and lung, you know, uh, you know, mechanics to maintain their oxygenation and organ function indefinitely? Uh, you can do it briefly. We have like extra corporeal membrane oxygenators. We got like bypass machines. But the problem is you can't live on those things. You're going to 
Yeah, those are only temporary because you'll have. Sefi, like, Sefi, I believe that, but like, why can't you live on those things? Because you'll 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 get blood clots and things on all these catheters and plastic that is everywhere. So, yeah. So so far, like the concept of like artificial technology to sort of keep you alive, like, is not really much of a much of a thing. Yeah, it's it's really temporary. Like only like a bridge to getting better from something. But you can't stay on them for some indefinite purpose usually. Courage. Uh, I, I, I encourage. Feel like I feel like we're like about like I'm about to take like the medical boards or something. <laughs> it's like, it's like um, some sort of oral exam. <laughs> Bruce, if you look on the uh, the post that you made, that's up in the the hub or whatever you want to call it, in the comments section, there's a picture of someone <laughs> with what appears to be an apple in their foreskin. My friend Mick, yeah, he did that. You can build it up. Any, like it's quite easy really because there's no surrounding like bone limitation you can really stretch your foreskin massive kind of like how uh, some people in africa managed to fit like a like a plate in their jaw right yeah yeah um, like, Addy, um Addy, i think uh you probably don't want to go and uh, open the um you're joking right Addy's like the least person to care She's no, but what, what I'm saying is she may never, um, she may go straight only for women after that, like, because, yeah. Yeah, I looked. It was pretty horrific. Um, do you respect it, Addy? Like, do you respect that he did it? Sure, but, like, I would never want that near me. But, yeah, I guess if that's what he wants to do. I just, I mean, I wouldn't know what that feels like, but to me, it just, like, it looks super uncomfortable. You know, when, like, you see something that looks painful and then, like, you sort of, like, feel pain? Like, that's how I felt when I looked at that picture. I was, just, I was about to warn you not to look, but you did it anyway. Whatever. Well, yeah. it was too late. you. If I had that capacity, then I'd definitely, like, use it the whole time. Like, if a girlfriend's asleep in a bed or something, I'd put it in my force. How did you get like, my number, up that way. What uh, the hell is this guy saying? Hans, what are you saying? Bro, how did I get here? Uh, get where? Bro, here. Into Twitter spaces? Do you have a question, meme? Like, who invited you know the really interesting thing about twitter and like spaces but twitter in general is that you can actually just leave it's no, don't be bad. let's get well, to listen here listen here i would leave if i did not get invited how would you feel if you invited me to the party and i just showed up just to say i'm gonna leave that's fucking disrespectful yeah, I, I wouldn't really care i wouldn't do that I find it disrespectful too. You're a bit exactly. Bit I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you. So I'm yeah, just gonna be like, "Hey, I'm here. Can I get a piece of cake? And then maybe I'll leave, or maybe I'll crack a beer with you. You know, I don't know." Lance, you sound like a like a cool guy. Um, uh, what what are you up to lately? What's your thing? I'd rather not speak on that. Uh, Lance, do you like putting ball bearings in your foreskin? That's a negative. Yeah, me neither. Join the club. Sounds painful. If you look at the picture in the hub and then scroll down uh, the the comments on that picture, you'll find something uh, very uh, interesting. Jerber, why don't you just read it out loud? On that note, you niggas are from Denver. Hmm. How did he know we're from Denver? 
I don't know. Maybe it's the sound of our voice in the high atmosphere or something. I'm not really sure, honestly. For all we know, Seppi could be in Denver right now. That's yeah, that's possible. That was a weird interchange. What happened there? Like, did he not like the ball bearing thing? Was it coaches like um, little lion man visage that kind of freaked him out? Like, what was the thing here? I think he was just intimidated by our uh, our amazing presence. Because the title of the space is very pleasant, right? To friends reunited. Isn't that cool? I think he just uh, resisted the uh, temptation of the apple. (laughs) <laughs> oh this is what they meant this is what they meant by the fruit of the tree of knowledge right this is biblical this is uh we're having bible class here um up at the top yeah don't do that that's what that's what god said that's what god meant like don't take the apple and do this with it mm. i had to show that to my brother as soon as i saw it i went and showed it to him you showed it to your brother what, what does jerbera's brother think of this He's downstairs. I'm not gonna. He's he's not gonna get involved with these Twitter spaces. Is that like is that like a normal thing? Like you see like a penis and you're like, oh, I need to show my brother. No, it's not. But I normally just show him like like the disgusting shit that like I wouldn't want to see, just so he can experience it too. Like he's my twin brother. He has to share in this pain, you know. You twins, you're oh, this is interesting. Um, yeah, we've like got to get your strange. little we've got to get your little twin brother on here. We're gonna do some interesting psychometric testing and find no, out. Like, no, like no. maybe if I like fucking stab your right hand, it's gonna like make his left hand hurt or some mm-hmm. shit like that. <laughs> I've seen that shit on TV, right? I'm no medical doctor, but I've seen that shit on TV. Have you ever compared penises and stuff? Like, Coach, don't you fucking say that. No, I'm actually curious. Can you tell the truth? I would no, like to know. I don't. I've never done that in my life. You've never seen his penis before? Bullshit. I call no, I've never come Bullshit. That's if I had a, I if I had a twin, I'd be fucking comparing for sure. Of course I've seen his dick before. He's my brother. Yeah, but like guys like jerk off together. Like I, I don't. What think in the fuck? Like what type of guys do you talk to, Addy? Like when they're like younger. Normal I've guys. I've like yeah. met many I, guys that have done this. Yeah, yeah, it's, no. it's normal. It's like a bonding like, thing. Yeah, so that's why I don't believe that you have not compared penis like shape and size with your brother. It just, especially right, if he's your twin. I don't know. It seems weird not to. Are we identical twins? Fraternal. Oh, so you're just a couple of like. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really Wait, matter. So they, have they you definitely, like, yeah, they definitely want to know who's 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 winning which category. Because yeah, the is age, that why fun. you haven't compared because you're fraternal? So you think maybe there's like a there could potentially be like a pretty stark difference, and then it's kind of like you have to go the rest of your life like knowing like who has the better penis. Is that why you haven't done it? Like. It's more like a fear thing, or Addy, Addy, hold on. There's there's the ability to train any penis, okay? Mm, so right, even sorry. If it's much smaller. There's still hope. Thank you, coach. So what? Like, okay. Here's the thing. Um, I'm so you're telling me that you you guys uh, haven't done the sort of comparison thing, but clearly, like, you guys compete on some level, right? Like, uh, 
Like, do you like see who can like fart longer or like burp more or something like that? There's got to be something. We play Super Smash Bros. together, like on the Switch. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds stupid. Um, uh, call him up here. I want to like where where is he downstairs and you're upstairs? What's going on here? I don't think my brother's gonna want to hop on a Twitter space. I'm gonna make him do funny shit though, right? So, Jerbear, you're the brave one in this relationship. If that's what you want to call it. Hey, Jerbear, I'm gonna try to help you here, but uh, who's your favorite character at, on Super Smash? Um, Young Link. Okay, I'm more of a Kirby. You're disgusting. You shouldn't even be playing that game. Kirby's trash. I like Dark Samus. Um, Samus. I'm getting used to... Um, um, boys, Harry. boys. This is why you guys don't get laid. Nobody fucking plays Super Smash Brothers. Like, seriously. Dude, there's a bar here. And people play... It's like a game bar. Not a, You know, you just play games. There... Yeah, are there women there? Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, we don't need your like fucking anime cosplay women to. Yeah. Are there normal women there? Like regular women? Women that are under the age of 23. I think that's the real question to be asking. It's a, it's a, like they only do it on Sundays. And they only play video games on Sundays, but they have, uh, it's a beer and wine bar. And it's like, in a small part of a like strip mall and yeah it's it's pretty good so <laughs> but um anyway i have i have i have three i have triplets and i'm wondering if you had triplets if you were a triplet i know you're a twin jerbear would you care who was born first does it matter to you no, it does not. I'm the older twin, and I don't even really give a shit about it. Do you do you remind him that you are the older twin? No. Okay. Well, you're a good man. In, in some cultures, Jebber, you'd be like first in line for the throne and shit, right? So you know, periodically, like twins and such would like stab each other and stuff to get access to the keys to the kingdom, uh, right? So. You guys have thought about this, I'm sure, right? Like the the right of ascension and the like. Is your dad a king? Unfortunately, not. My father is not a king. There's there's no monarchy in Canada. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Canadians. Uh, yeah, you're not ruling anything. That's for damn sure. So yeah, you'll you'll be fine. <laughs> don't don't kill your brother. Hey, quick question, Jerbear, are you the A twin or the B twin? Does the one that does the first twin always become the A twin? Do you remember? I don't even know how to answer that question because I don't even know what an A twin is or a B twin. No, like, I don't know. But, like, I had twins, and I know that the, my first child out was the A twin. The second one out was the B twin. And in in term, like, that's how they that's how they did. I don't know. Sefi might know this stuff. Like, if your parents bought you shirts, which one would receive the letter A and which one would receive the letter B? Uh... And, and, when you, and when you were really young, did your parents dress you up with like, uh, like what was it, the Doctor Seuss uh, characters and stuff, where you have like the twins and stuff? No, unfortunately not. I didn't get to to be the Lorax. Um, 
Did your mom dress you up like a girl and like your brother like a a boy? No. But your parents wanted a girl, but they got two boys instead. (laughs) See, (laughs) you don't want your parents to be happy. Like you're not going to dress up as a girl. Is this the conversation I come back for? Is this is this it? Is this the quality of conversation I come back for? (laughs) But welcome back, Bruce. It's great. I don't know why I told you guys at this point. Now I feel like this is just going to be a good to hear from you again. I feel like now, whenever I hop on these Twitter spaces, you guys are just gonna remind me about how I have a twin more so than I need to be it's, reminded. It's funny how like Coach will tell some ridiculous story, right? And we're all supposed to like snicker and laugh and all that shit, right? And Jer Bear tells his little twin story, and he thinks his twins are stupid. <laughs> Jer Bear, this he's really just talking about you mostly right here, because you're not giving us enough like uh, material. Is is the problem? I'm, yeah, I'm, it would have been a good story if you had just told us that and admitted that you have compared penis penises before, but you just wouldn't do it. At least admit to discussing it. At least admit to discussing it, Jerry. That's all we're saying. I'm not going to give in to this. Steffi, have you have you seen the fem- the, the the male the male reproductive organ? Wait, what's, what's Did you say? just ask him if he's seen a penis? Yeah, have you seen a dick before? Yeah, one would more hope. times than I can count. Yeah, why? You guys are really bad at questions. What, Sefi, what's the smallest penis you have seen? Oh, um, hmm. Yeah, have you ever seen a micro in real life, Sefi? Here's the thing, like, when people, people oh, are in... In my situation, like, so when I see people, they're, you know, pretty much totally shriveled up because they're not feeling so well, right? Like, they're not in that position where, um, yeah. So then what's the most gruesome genital-related diagnosis you've given? You guys realize he's a lung doctor, right? And to be, be respectful, Jesus Christ. Wait, you want me to answer that, or? Just, it's like, um... They're treating you like some weird circus act, Sefi. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? Comments, yeah. Sefi, the weirdest, one of the weirdest, and this is this is the truth. I was like 17, 18, and my best friend growing up, his dad was a pediatric uh, surgeon. And um, I was hanging out um, at my friend's house, and we were playing video games. And my friend was like, hey, do you want to go see a surgery? And I was like, okay, cool. I've never seen a surgery before. I was like, all right. And so they set up surgery and I wasn't asking too many questions. I was like, cool, surgery, pediatric. I was kind of uneasy because, you know, most likely they're going to be doing surgery on a, on a child and that's not an easy thing. And I'm getting all like going into my PE. What's that called? Like when you dress up and you have like the protective gown and I put on the mask and I'm walking into it. And I see, I see the, I see the kid and the, <laughs> the kid, this is so weird, but the kid is uh, facing down and it's a newborn baby. And the baby was born without an asshole. And he performed <laughs> surgery on a newborn baby. And I think he's, there's only been like maybe two or three in the state of Arizona that's ever been done. And it's like a genetic um mutation and so he literally created an asshole 
Yeah, these things can be kind of interesting. Um, yeah, definitely not my area of uh, expertise and whatnot, but yeah, it's certainly possible. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go into like interesting medical discoveries today. I was talking about medicine, and that's like the most interesting medicine story I got for you. I'm almost on the verge of leaving. This is just too disgusting. Yeah, agreed. Anybody knows that the uh, Dixie index is uh, heading lower and that was great for risk assets, or is that boring too? Um. What's a Dixie uh, index? The uh, dollar index, like versus the euro. Oh. Yeah, like it finally came down from 110. And of course, we've been rallying because of that. But nobody talks about that stuff. Mm. Number go up and down, right? Yeah, buy bottom left, sell upper right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, Coach, in your, in your misery, uh, you know, well, like, attempting to get your account back um did did you drink uh you know were you like overeating did you do breathing exercises as some of the people here suggested earlier this morning um there was all sorts of conjecture actually what you were doing um you know why you weren't on spaces during the day today and uh there was like yeah we, i think we'd have to go back to the recording from earlier today uh but yeah everyone was trying to figure out where you were and what happened and like making sure you're okay and all this kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Just, I was just asleep today. Like, um, I went to sleep at like 10 and I woke up at four. It's now five thirty in the morning. Oh, Hmm. Uh, Addie, what did you do today? Um, well, I went to my job <laughs> and I worked and then I, Got drinks with my coworkers, and then I came home, and then I worked a little bit more, and then I went to the gym, and that's about it. Nothing exciting in the slightest. So. Hmm. Oh yeah, Sophie, I, I checked out um, the the dead mouse creation thing. I didn't find the recording you were talking about, like the eleven hour one. But I found some other ones. It's quite cool. I like um, if if you like watching him create, he's very. Uh, it's like he's very physical. He's running everything through how it feels in his body. Have you noticed that? It's like um, he'll kind of close his eyes and like feel into it deeply, and it's like aesthetically, if it feels right in his body, then he'll choose it. Yeah, in fact, yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. Um, like his uh, speakers in his studio are very specific and like um you can uh, so right about 50 hertz uh like in sort of the bass region is where the where sound sort of makes you feel like your your chest is vibrating basically right so when you go to a nightclub or something like that the goal is not to get to like bass that's like subterranean like down into the you know 20 30 hertz range it's not really needed what feels good, like when you're at a concert or club, something like that, is when you get that chest thump, right? Uh, and that's really like the 40 to 50 hertz range. So what he's really a master at, actually, um, is getting those like uh, drums right. But also he has a lot of the synthesizers running in kind of that low bass range. So a lot of the harmonics he chooses um, sort of just like, uh, yeah, they, they kind of create like a visceral experience. So. 
Yeah, it's kind of like it's why I have like some ridiculous like um, speakers at home. <laughs> I've got like around uh, like the 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 place I built has like ten thousand watts worth of subwoofers and like eight 15 inch subs there and then i have like right behind my seat like i actually put subs like they're called mid-base drivers and they're sitting right behind our seat and that is specifically just made only to get that sort of like uh mid-base not like not like subwoofers but like right near your chest and you have this like near field experience it's really awesome um yeah it's it's like a it's they're called like mid-base drivers or near field subs or whatever. And it's really, really sweet. But yeah, he's, he's sort of like tuning his music to that. And uh, yeah, the guy's amazing. Like there's, there's very, truly in the electronic music uh, genre, there's like few people with that kind of like extreme, like obsessive talent. He's, he's really good. I got to find that video for you. That, that one track. I, I really like it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> there's an, I, when I, I only watched him for like five minutes. Just um, he's like running variations of the same beat for like four hours. I think if you look up like Dead Mouse um, creating or something, it came up. Um, but but there's there's a sense that he's like um, synesthetic a little bit as well. Do you know what I mean? Like there's kind of a blur between the auditory and the, and the physical going on with him. Um, do any of you guys have like some degree of like synesthesia or something? I think I do. I'm, I'm definitely not synesthetic. What does that even mean? Yeah, what does that mean? The, the the blurring of any two senses. So um, say you you listen to something and you feel certain things in your body, or maybe you read numbers or letters and you see them um, like in your inner eye uh, as colors. So some kind of blurring of the senses. Some people have yeah, like- Yeah, in, in fact, uh, it can be pretty impressive. Um, there's uh, you, you, like, you've seen these color by numbers, Jerber, like where there's like a picture and you have to like, color in each number to get the final picture yeah yeah so people that are synesthetic can doesn't don't have to actually color that in they can just see it in color it's fucking crazy oh, wow that's that's fascinating yeah. and there's 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 ways as well that it, it interfaces with memory so a lot of um <clears throat> like savants have degrees of synesthesia and and it's their they have a a very interesting kind of intricate memory because uh they're able to remember like the sensory landscape of each fact like, like, um, for instance, there was a guy I remember watching a documentary on a long, long time ago, probably like when I was a kid, and um, he he remembered like enormous digits of pi, like three hundred thousand digits of pi or something, or maybe millions of digits, and and the reason was is because when he went to the first number, it was literally a sensory landscape that he was flying through, like each each um, collection of say six digits had a unique kind of um, uh, like a, a room or a landscape to it that was extremely vivid to him. So he could easily recall this because his memory had more hooks, like on a sensory level, not as a conscious construction of some kind of memory palace or something, but just as a as an immediate um, generated thing by simply reading the numbers. He, he just experienced it as, as like a landscape, like an alien landscape that was incredibly memorable and hooked into say like sounds and vision, um, as well as like the abstracted numbers. Yeah, it's like something like it's thought that like 10% or so of the great artists are actually synesthetic. It's actually a high proportion. It's like one in 200 people or something like that. So if you go like um, if you go into like a big like college lecture hall or something like that, you would typically have at least one person in there in the room that has this like um, capacity. And um, yeah, but but if you look at artists, like there is a high proportion of people with this 
capacity. So it's interesting how they can like translate beauty differently. It's, it's interesting stuff. Hey coach, I have a specific question for you in regards to this because of your, your ban. And I was thinking about this earlier and I just remember that I wanted to ask you this um, because I remember thinking this when I was banned from Instagram. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on like self censorship, like censorship, meaning like you're not going to say what you want now because perhaps out of fear of being scolded by the cathedral of uh, Twitter, kind of like a teacher or parent scolding you for being rude. Right. What are your, what are your, did you think about like how you're going to create more of like on this Twitter, your new Twitter that you got back? You mean, am I going to change my approach going forward? Yeah. Are you going to change? Like, do you, are you like any type of self-censorship? Are you going to be no maintaining? I, no, like I'm, I'm kind of compulsively just myself. Like, I, I don't think I could ever really enter the workplace or something. <laughs> when, I, when I graduated uh, college, like it was just like completely intolerable to me to be told what to do by someone or um, to, to have like a, to enter a workplace and adopt some kind of professional persona that was ta tailored towards like not getting fired or maybe to be promoted or to deal with office politics or whatever else. Like that kind of thing was just totally intolerable to me. So, so that's why I like went straight into creating businesses um, and when the entrepreneur. I'm kind of the same way, actually. Uh, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all either. So like I'd rather sort of like be in a position where like practically no one controls me versus going to somewhere else that, um, you yeah. know, where like I might be lower on the totem pole, even if it's like a more like prestigious destination or something like that. Um, like I, I pr prefer my freedom and sort of not have, you know, being on some like puppet strings all day long. Yep. Yep. So and does I, that mean? Use time a lot. Like, I'll give so you does that mean? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I like, I'll, I'll always choose freedom and I'll always choose time, even if there's, there's more of an upside or, um, some kind of prestige or whatever. So, um, when I was, uh, younger, like, you know, graduating high school in your terms, I got into some elite universities just through like, um, you know, exams and stuff. But I chose not to because I thought like the, the, the like, say, if you go to, say, Harvard or Oxford University or Cambridge or one of these institutions, your workload will about, be about four times as much as it would be elsewhere. Right. You're, you're competing with these like um, hardcore, uh, you know, Asian kind of just people who work all the time, like all hours of the day. They're in the library. They wake up at 6 a.m. They go to the library. They're there until 10 p.m. These are your classmates. So I was like, I was like, hmm. Do I want the, the the final prestige of a degree from these institutions, or do I want the time and the experience? And it was like obvious, so I chose a less good college and just chose the time. And I consciously chose it like um, to to maximize my freedom of time to do anything during the the years when I was like eighteen to twenty one, um, rather than the the certificate at the end. And I think I made the right choice because, like, for a comparative workload. You'd probably be working like five times as much as one of these top institutions. But what I did instead is I did like, you know, I created businesses at, at college. Um, I fucked a load of girls. I became an alcoholic. Like I did all these things, right? So so I wouldn't have ever had room to do that if I'd been in these other situations. So I always choose time and freedom over um, some kind of prestige or idea of what I should do. 
So I've like I've multiple times I've just chosen like the on paper the worst of just because I wanted the freedom. So is when you were talking to Twitter, they didn't mention anything about like your manners or following a style guide or maintaining like some sort of civil, you know, communication in order, or was it their fault that they made a mistake and then you can continue to do in, and there's no wrong. You didn't do anything socially wrong. There's no fabric that has been ripped. I don't think they go into all that detail, do they? No, they, they just, they just say you are, you are hateful. You are a hateful person who engages in hateful conduct. And we're not going to explain that, but just know for a fact, your intention is hateful. They, they like summarize you and they send you an email. They say, you've been suspended permanently for hateful conduct. And I replied like, what, what do you mean? They were like, it classes, you've, you've discriminated against a group of people and the purpose of your account is to be hateful. So you don't really get anything. I think the thing I'll do going forward though is just like change my formats, change the way I do things. So, so not, not um, censoring myself, but just like choosing not to do writing and, and do more audio instead, do these spaces more. Because like these, these bots and things can easily just detect a word like GIMP or whatever else and ban you instantly. And you have these little freaks like, you know, scrolling through all of your tweets and reporting everything that can be construed as possibly offensive. Um, so in order to avoid that, I think I'm just going to write less and speak more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Human, that's human, that's human very interesting. Is, yeah. The human race is definitely full of freaks, serial killers, sociopaths, and fucking litanious crazy people. So you, you hang out enough on any particular large forum and you, you, you'll run into these folks at some point or the other. Um, yeah, if, you, if you've been around the world long enough, you know there's some seriously vindictive bastards out there. So like, you just have to deal with it if you get into oh, a public for space. Sure. For sure. On social media, somebody will have like one, like there have been times in the past where I've done like one silly comment at one point and the person has just been resentful for, for months and months and months. Just strange people where everything is personal. I yeah. guess um, when the sorry. Instagram... When the Instagram got taken away from me, I did have some behavior change. I stopped using Instagram as much because I was like, if I'm just going to keep on putting content, generating content, like, and they can just take it away. Like, like that's digital death. Right. And how am I going to come back to life if I can't get it back the first time, you know? So I'm glad you got it back. So interesting that you're going to keep on doing your voice. So yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's, it's, clear that these spaces are way less censored right um and also if anyone was ever to to listen back it would be easier it would be both harder to find the offensive content and it would also be easier to see the context if anyone is to listen so i don't know i think it's like a lot of the, the problems with banning on, on twitter seem to be just ai moderation searching for keywords you know gimp or, or faggot or whatever else and it's just automatic and out of context. And the people who are doing the like the manual um, banning are generally like very low paid, kind of low IQ kind of workers who are just used to dealing with idiots saying swear words all the time. So, so, so like as soon as there's any kind of satirical or or, or kind of parody or or like funny content, their brain just can't comprehend it at all. Satire, it's, yeah. Seppi was talking about satire. Well, also, like, there's, it's interesting, um, you ask, you have to ask yourself, like, why do human beings, like, swear in the first place? Like, what's so fun about it? Um, like, it's pretty much every language on Earth has them, right? It's, it's strange how that is. It almost doesn't matter, like, even if it's, like, civilizations that were disconnected from others, everyone has, like, these, like, sort of words that are considered, like, technically very offensive, 
you know, or whatever you want to call it. And like they uh, like, I guess they trigger sort of like some kind of like um, pleasure release or dopamine or something in your brain. And, and, and there's something probably therapeutic about it. So like, it's interesting, like in schools and everything, right. They try to get kids to like, um, you know, be very proper and not use this language and whatnot. It, you'd probably have like less school shootings and shit. Like if everyone just said whatever the fuck they felt like, because like it, it has a therapeutic, like interesting effect on the mind, like a calming effect. And, um, it's a, it's strange like but at the same time it's like if it's like a bar where like if it's not actually offensive or at least thought to be what ends up happening is is like then someone will make up a new word that's supposedly even more offensive and all the old not so offensive words like become normal right like if you watch television over the last uh however long like the the bar for like what's allowable on tv just kept going up but then new words came up that were even more offensive or racist or some other shit. And, um, and then people like to say those because that is like a mental release for them. So it's kind of weird how it works. Like it's, it's not really clear, like, like what the right solution is for all that. What's super crazy too, is that AI has been, uh, there's been models and tools that can take the voice of someone like, um, someone that talks a lot in the public space most easy examples like a Gary V who's been, you know, who started the whole wine thing on YouTube in like 2000, I think, I don't remember 16 or something or even before that. Um, they've, there have been AI models that can download his voice. And this is kind of going back to what you were saying about audio or synthesizing something. And you can take their voice and then you can then generate an AI model to sound just like Cephi, Bruce, Addy. Now, what ends up happening is sure. that that will eventually get to the point where, you know, you're not going to like that. I'm not going to like that. You know, you're going to say something. If someone's saying, saying something in my own voice, that is like, I have no, like, that's not good for me. That's not good for a lot of people. There's so many branches that you can go from there yeah you're, so you're, you're what are going to find it fairly repulsive actually uh yeah it's like and so uh, what they're i think what they're going to do is they're going to add my thought here is that they're well, going you can to ask use Jer you can ask jared bear what it's like he's got a twin <laughs> <laughs> i think they're going to use the blockchain to like you know prove that okay this is cephi ai talking but this is the real ai talk or the real cephi talking I think that your AI is going to like, there's going to be so much fakeness out there, like with bots, people writing content, like text content, that's going to blow up. And then it's going to be like, how can you verify that this person wrote this? This is actually, they use their own fingers. I think that's when in my own, in my own head, I see it happening where in order to verify that, you know, I am me and I am not an AI bot writing something for me. DMing people, no, think, you know, crazy. I think, uh, I think within our lifetime, um, I think we're going to see the advent of like stuff that you're talking about, but completely indistinguishable. Like it's like no technology can sort it out. Um, so I, I think that's, that's pretty close actually. So like get ready for some fun. It's going to be a weird world moving forward. Like, yeah, if you're like, if you're, uh, if you're younger and you're about to live in like, like in, in 30 years, you're going to be like mystified, I think. How do you, have you thought about like, how do you think um, you can live in a mentally healthy way in that world? Because I've thought about this kind of thing a little bit, like on a lower level, but what do you think, Sefi? Like, like how does a person 
relate to the world where everything is is like you know your 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 basic identity can be copied and faked easily well i think one direction is like if you look historically um like like you you typically have these like postmodern uh movements where like people sort of like say i'm i'm just going to like stop using this technology and you know live in my own cave here and just not participate that's one avenue like it's kind of like how some people just abhor the idea of like tinder or something like that they just won't they won't like Addie's like ah, i'm like i'm not going out with anyone on tinder <laughs> like like so that kind of thing uh and then there's like um and there's to some extent like people do that now like they they don't participate in social media stuff on purpose which is you know fine um and then like but once the problem of like determining whether you said something is true or not or whether like an image that is, you know, supposedly you um, is shown uh, doing something or maybe like some text is made attributable to you. It gets really weird because like you can frame people for things you can. Um, so when there's like uh, political motivations or sort of nefarious motivations, all sorts of weird things can happen. So, yeah, it, it becomes a very, very like convoluted world. And you know how like we talk about like trust and trustless networks and all that. Um, you know, typically um, there's a certain level of trust that when you're talking to me, that you're actually talking to me. Right. But in a world where like, let's say you couldn't be sure you were talking to me for sure. Right. Like, you couldn't trust that anymore. Um, mm. That becomes very weird. Right. Like it becomes like, who am I actually talking to? And I don't think there's any context. Like there's no version of this that turns out. Okay. Like, like, uh, like I just don't know how you would like, um, adapt to that in a, in a meaningful way because like trust between humans is one of those things that like is sort of like one of the key things in the, in the universe of like, I don't know, mammals and, you know, sentient communicating creatures. Right. Like, so if you break that, um, you know, you create like the impetus for like a serious societal breakdown. It could be very, 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 um, mm. it can be quite extreme actually. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many risks. I, even at a smaller scale, um, <clears throat> not long ago, somebody, somebody, um, created a, an account that looked like mine and had a conversation with a friend of mine who like follows me. And then later in the day, I think that day they were like, I think they messaged me or something saying they enjoyed the conversation. I was like, what? And they were like, oh, you, on your new account, I talked to you. <laughs> and I was like, no. So it's like, and this is a very intelligent person. So they had no idea that they were talking to someone new. The person just like copied enough elements of, of me or the way I speak to just completely fake it. And they had never verified. Um, I think was this, was this person trying to be a scammer or just fucking around or what? Just impersonating just some weird stalker person. Um, so like people have such low discernment as well. Like even people who know you very well can just be can just be tricked by idiots. Once well, I I had um like I I know I talked about like Instagram how I don't really use it but I do still have an account I think I said that um and I woke up one day and I had like a ton of text messages and I was like oh my god like what's happening like I don't wake up with like a million text messages every day and everybody was like sending me screenshots of this Instagram account and they were like is this your account. And some, someone like, I don't know, I think it was a bot, but I'm not totally sure, had taken my profile picture and then like my username and added, I don't know, like one thing on the end of it or something. And they were using 
my profile picture and like my name and stuff to try to like they had like some porn link in their bio or something like they were trying to get people to like um and i thought thought maybe someone was going to try to sell toothpaste with your imagery no Mm. so someone was like trying to sell porn and i was like people were like people i hadn't even talked to in like a long time were telling me and so I like got on and I posted something and I was like, please like block this account. It's not me, whatever. And I tried to get it taken down and it was actually really difficult. But then it was like, I was looking to see who had followed it because they were requesting to follow like basically all the men that followed me. And there was so many people that actually followed it. And I was like, are you guys like idiots? Like you seriously think that this is like me? And it was so clearly like some like, stupid like fake account and i don't know if it was more just like they were just like really horny and like wanted to see me naked or if it was just like they're just stupid like yeah I, I don't know it was like, weird you have the link and like a discount code or something <laughs> <laughs> no i think the account is gone and obviously it was not it was not my pictures on the account like on the actual like link or whatever they were just using my like profile picture to make people think that who whatever woman was on there was me which like she wasn't but mm. yeah was, i think there is, there is like a, an element of this that's <clears throat> there's obviously like the massive downside that that say um political figures can can be faked right so so you can make trump say something he never said or um somebody can impersonate a friend of yours and scam you or something but I think on the positive side, there's also this interesting kind of like spiritual level of these things, right? So, so when I look at something like the internet, I see most people as having a really unhealthy relationship with it. I see people getting overly invested in their online identities, um, feeling enormous uh, like need to defend their identities and their opinions. And you can, you can viscerally feel this like a fight or flight thing happening, right? Whenever someone gets into an argument online, at least most of the time, there's like a visceral um, feeling of my identity is being attacked. My opinions are being attacked. I need to assert myself back, right? Stuff like that. It's, it, there's, there's, there's a sense of, of survival and fight or flight happening. Um, and the sense that the person has, has somehow on some level taken themselves to be this like illusory generated identity, even online, even in these, these kind of silly domains where somebody has like a, an anime profile picture or something. So in, in many ways, like my, my whole approach to the internet is, is like, going beyond identity and going beyond the idea that you are an identity it's one of the reasons i've kept changing like my my profile and stuff i probably had 20 different <laughs> profiles like whenever i've had the urge to change it i've just changed it and and a lot of that is because i i on a fundamental level i don't believe in in protecting or defending an identity like in that way i i believe that that when you when you log on to the internet you know when you connect to twitter there's a level at which the, the mentally healthy or the spiritual relationship with it is to to play around or, or to to learn or, or something like that to, to to have fun to be on the level where you can't really be um, you can't really be destroyed or attacked because on a fundamental level you don't really believe in the the reality of your identity right so so it's like you're untouchable and and <clears throat> my approach in general is kind of like um, it's it's like when you log on, and when you talk to the internet, it's kind of like you're you're in an ongoing dance with one friend. So so maybe a comment pops up with with some person saying, you know, you're a, you're a gimp or you're a faggot or something. I'm going to treat that as if it's just a friend playing around, and I'm going to take an approach that is not like, hey, you motherfucker, da da da. I'm going to say I'm going to play along 
and, and the play might take many forms. It might be some kind of um, satirical. But that's, also, but that's also how you tell that you're not a total sociopath versus the people that like get all like, um, you know, like uh, immediately start on the attack. So these are the people you generally don't want to be around. Like yeah. in most instances, well, like even even outside. It's like the basic assumption that, that everything that comes towards you is is sort of impersonal and th there's no content um, or, or kind of personal quality to it divested of your um, interpretation of it, right? So you can interpret everything that comes to you as, as play or something to learn from or kind of this, this like ongoing role play or ad lib comedy show or whatever you like, you know, whatever, whatever mental model. But fundamentally, it's a healthy mental model, right? There's no sense of I'm a person with an identity here and that's being attacked, you know, and I need to fight back. It's, it's much looser. It's much more in the realm of like a daydream or a play or, or a friend is, or you could imagine like a friend, you could imagine, for instance, uh, like your best friend in the world who you play around with all the time is controlling all of these accounts. So whenever there's like a guy saying gimp or faggot or whatever, it's just your friend like playing, like how would you respond to that? Like there would be no sense of this is a personal attack. You would you would stay light. You would stay free. Um, so I think there's for me there's like an interesting aspect to this. Like it's kind of like you 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 are forced to enter that that mode of being where um, if you are to take things personally and if you are to try and defend your identity too much, then you'll just mentally suffer to an enormous yeah. degree. You're, you're sort of like locked. Your your head is locked in its own cage at that point. Yeah, and. Yeah. and uh, for example, another thing as well, like even when I was younger, I remember reading about like, you know, nootropics and um, <clears throat> paracetam and, and all these these different like intelligence enhancing drugs that came out in the, the early 90s and stuff um, by different uh, drug designs and their derivatives. And I, I remember reading statistics like um, something like half of Ivy League students at universities in the USA were on some kind of mental stimulant, whether it's like Adderall or um, you know, the amphetamine derivatives or, or nootropics or paracetam or ADHD drugs and stuff. And I thought that was kind of interesting because it's like, it's like you're, you're, you're tending towards this, this equality of intelligence, right? So, so then like later on, um, these interesting Russian drugs and things came out where, where they literally like double your digit span when you're taking it. You know, most people can remember like seven digits in a row and these drugs could bring you up to like 11 or 12. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. It's like the, the, the innate credit for intelligence or um, the innate credit for your cognitive capacities is really decreasing here because you're seeing inequality through drugs. <clears throat> so I thought it's like interesting in, in like a, a credit perspective, right? Like you can no longer take um, significant like uh, pride or smugness in your own intelligence and your own cognitive capacities because somebody can take a drug and bring you up to the same level. And then you have an interesting situation where it's like, What's fair there? Like, what's what's fair long term? Should we should we moderate everyone to be like capped out at a certain IQ level? <laughs> like, how do you there, do that? But there's also there's also this idea that like interesting like like so you have to get to a certain intelligence level to even like self reflect to realize that you're not so bright. Like like it was an interesting like like sociologic thing where they did these IQ tests on people and they asked questions like, um, what do you think your IQ actually is? And they kind of gave a little bit of idea for the framework of it and like what score means what. And, and uh, interestingly, when, and this is, by the way, not like this is anonymously reported. So if you report non-anonymously, -anonymous, people try to tend to act like, oh, maybe my IQ is only 80. Like they act like modest a lot of times, right? So you don't want 
you don't want to have like random things. You want to ha- hear like, you know, what they think that how smart they really are. And actually the average um, number is actually something like 10 points above what your actual, actual intelligence is. So everyone's like, so there's this like consensus. There's this idea that like everyone thinks this, they're actually smarter than they are. And it's interesting. Like once you get to a certain level, like you mentioned with uh, digits or, um, some other like aptitude. It's like, once you've tried certain things, you realize you're like, well, I'm not really good at this. There's a lot of people that like, don't try anything. Like they're not particularly bright to begin with. They don't really like work hard at that. And they think, well, you know, my lot in life is because like, well, maybe like the man is keeping me down or some bullshit, but they just don't realize how stupid they actually are. Like the, the reality is, is that like, that, um, like when you get to a certain level, you realize, holy shit, there's people way smarter than me. But not only that, um, so like if you get to like IQs of 120, 130, like you really start to figure out what your limitations are, right? Because you're a type of person that probably tries everything. And what ends up happening is, is you'll notice things like how many digits you can remember. Like, um, like there's like, in other words, if my family's life depended on it, I could not remember 20 digits in a row, right? I'm as good as dead. <laughs> like, so like, see these kinds of things, you start realizing like where your limitations are. And that's actually an interesting thing. You know how when you go for a job interview, people ask you things like, oh, what are your strengths and weaknesses, right? You hear that. And, and people think that, you know, oh, their weakness is, oh, like, you know, I talk too much or something. And, you know, you know, in other words, they try to make it, they try to make the claim that their weakness is somehow a strength. But that's not what the interviewer is actually asking. They're asking for, like, how much self-reflection have you done? Literally, how many things are you bad at? Like, you know, and, and have you identified what those are? And that's a more mature version of that. And that's what gets you hired. Like if you say, oh, like, you know, you try to play up your weakness as some sort of strength. It's just stupid. And everyone can see through that. Anyone who asks that question is wanting to see or have you truly reflected on who you are and you can actually claim what your weaknesses are like. And everyone has their weaknesses, obviously, but it's the people who are like just more manipulative or just like maybe uh, just immature and don't understand what the question's all about. Um, yeah, they, they answer all these weird things. And, and like it's a common thing, tactic that we use. Like when we interview people, we try to like, like get you to admit like, yeah, you suck at some things. You've tried a bunch of stuff. Like you tried playing piano, but you sucked at it. Things like that, right? It's a pretty common, um, it's, a, it's a very common, um, uh, I guess, like tactic when we kind of question people. Yeah. What would you do if you were, you were interviewing someone, you asked like what their weaknesses and they were like, I'm, I'm too good looking. And they just explained like how their life has been this, this, uh, enormous like labyrinth of suffering um where people have acted jealous around them like men have cock blocked them um women have rejected them first because they feared rejection and they just like talk a story of suffering <clears throat> of their whole life i'm not saying this happened to me um but it might have done uh, then you'd be hired because clearly uh, you understand you understood the question right <laughs> or um, i just say i say coach can't, um i'm gonna give you 20 digits to remember um you're going to have to memorize these and repeat them back to me. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's funny how limited we are. Um, but if you can get past 10, though, you're definitely not hired. People that can di- like remember long uh, series of numbers are usually stupid. Like, they're not very bright. <laughs> like, there's not a very good correlation with really good memory and particularly good executive function. I don't know. It's interesting. Side thing. Yeah, yeah. You you see lots of like variations in this stuff, like and, and you also see the you see people calling like really good memory intelligence. You see you see these kind of mistakes in evaluating others twenty four seven. It's quite funny to me as well. 
like um you know the, the kid who works hard at school or something when you're clear it's just like immense hard work and memorization or something they'll be evaluated as very intelligent um and often the ones who are like truly kind of street smart intelligent like raw like fluid g they don't get um the same reputation yeah intelligence um, some of it's how we measure these things um like in a school setting obviously so the the you, you can't really like gauge all that stuff necessarily so i don't know last time i talked to you guys i don't know if you remember but i was talking about this nft called inft and it's like the first time i wanted to get an nft you guys remember me saying that but um i was it, it, it made me like go down this rabbit hole where i started wondering like what if our nfts had intelligence like that right now intelligence authentic like human intelligence probably would be the most like valuable thing in the world right if we can get more of intelligence we're going we're going to right like what you said yeah. we can get, and, it, and we clearly can that's and where with, i see like, the future actually my my thinking is yeah. is like um i've kind of like to have this vision where basically the future of like money is not actually what we th we're doing right now, which is like this, um, like cryptographic money um, is only part of the story. I think ultimately the the ultimate commodity will be the power of thought. And instead of like paying, for example, for like arbitrary code, like Bitcoin mining, where you're like just like running some, you know, elliptical curve formula over and over again. Instead, what would happen is like, you'd be essentially um, sort of investing in like, uh, actual cognitive power in the power of like uh, machines and AI and things of that nature. So I think that if you think about like, what is money, it's like this hegemony of ideas. Basically, you know, the purest form of that will be sort of machine state with machine money. And, but it won't be just like, just money is money. Like we will completely have a civilization. I think where like, the goods of the value of goods and services will be somewhat like arbitrarily meaningless outside of our basic needs. And like cognition will be one of the most uh, valuable sort of like most expensive resources, both for like warfare, defense, like you name it. So there's like a, yeah, it's an interesting world coming, I think. And I'm sort of thinking like you are in that sense. Uh, now I don't know about the NFT part of it. Like that's sort of neither here nor there, like how you quantify it and how you like store it, uh, how you like, you know, maybe keep, um, like your ticket to the show, so to speak, like that's yeah. all, that's all, there's different ways to do that, but they're, they're working on that. Athelia is working on that. And I joined in one of their communities just to listen. And, um, yeah, I, I think there would be, I think you guys would enjoy their conversation. They're very respectful. They don't interrupt. Uh, they let people yeah, but, talk, but we're not, but I know we're not, I know we're not, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not, but that, that narrow intelligence that INFT is going to be built on from what I understand, you know, that's going to be effective. Like when that comes to market, that resource, it, you know, there are already tons of resources being poured into it. Um, it's, they have the, they have the attention of a lot of uh, money. Um, you know, basically they're going to try to turn these INFTs into like superhuman in a, in a, a INFTs pretty much right out of the gate. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to sort of see like, is it bullshit yeah. or is it some kind of like, I really would hope like if you see it, some I sort really, of like marketing scheme or, or some, yeah. some bullshit. I want you to like pick it apart. And, and what, well, here's the thing though, like when these systems are going to be 
you know, are not understandable because I don't understand these right now. And then they're going to be imposed on people. Typically people do one of two things. They invent a religion, they turn it into a religion or they fight it with guns. And I'm like, that's like where my mind went. I was like, uh, do I need to get an INFT now? <laughs> like, or do I fight it? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Don't fall into that just yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then this guy, Greg Eisenberg, he, he's like the, an advisor for TikTok, and he unbundled Reddit and I messaged him a few times on LinkedIn and try to get like some tidbits of like what's coming around the corner. And he basically said that <laughs> all NFTs are going to be going free mint to zero. Like, like all NFTs are going to go to zero and it's going to be like, he called it free to mint. Have you guys heard of that? Uh, yeah, I guess it's possible. Yeah, just, you know, like you mean, you're saying like the art supply becomes like infinite. So therefore they're not, nothing's worth anything. I suppose then, that's possible. Uh, or, not to zero, but something like that. Um, oh yeah, like coach, yeah, your, your post up top here. Um, mm. That's sort of like the argument for like why there's that argument for like why, like if AI emerges, like, most civil biological civilizations probably don't survive. Yeah, yeah. I thought this, I thought this for ages. Like yeah. back when I was younger, I remember like people saying oh, people on average are such idiots. And there was like um uh you know George Carlin had a joke about like imagine how it, how stupid the average person is. Like half the people is more stupid than that, right? And then <laughs> but I always thought it as like a protective thing. Like it's 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 clear that like on average, um, the intellect even at 100 IQ, like the intellect is far ahead of wisdom, right? So if you just maximize that that cognitive ability, um, I think the whole world is fucking dead. Like a long time ago. Yeah, it's yeah. There, there, there's a lot of arguments that that actually might might be true. That like <laughs> it's uh, we're sort of like careening into that to some extent to the other. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's tough to predict the future exactly. As far as like, yeah, it, it, the, the way I describe it is something like this. Like if, um, you know, one group of, uh, so a civilization with an average IQ of 80, right? They might hit you with a baseball bat or they might hit you with a club or something like that. Or like, you know, some, some rudimentary tool. You take like a civilization with an IQ of 150 and, you know, now you have like nuclear weapons and things like that. So the, the lethality um, is much, much worse. That's why, that's why I kind of. I kind of joke about like, um, like, uh, hardcore libertarians, like who think that like, uh, like there's no trouble in the world. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, and like, Oh, let's just make crypto money and make it free for everybody and all this other bullshit. Like <laughs> at some level it's fine. But the thing is at another level, um, you just haven't, you just have no idea how devious I could be if I wanted to be right. Like, like I have enough training and enough knowledge to cause mass mayhem on scales that like, are um you know just absurd right so the problem is like it's not actually that hard to get that kind of knowledge and with sufficient enough nefarious people you can like who who like don't have the like whatever some kind of morality or something like that right you can cause all all sorts of chaos with a lot of these systems and um yeah it's it's not uh the the world's not as safe as you think actually like <laughs> i think a lot of people are naive about like the human race not not necessarily entirely because, you know, you've seen like, you know, you've seen your Game of Thrones, you've seen your like TV, you've seen like um, portrayals of like bad people. But I think uh, many people haven't actually witnessed themselves um, like the effects of bad people or 
like have dealt with them like at a personal level, like really, really wicked people like serial killers and stuff like this. Right. And, um, I think people don't really believe they exist because like, at least not in their like, meaning they believe they know they exist, but they don't like believe it in their soul. Like they don't, they don't think of that on a daily basis. And, um, you know, obviously when people like that are locked up or police people are doing their job, you don't have to like really face that on a daily basis. Right. But, um, so there's this like disbelief that those things exist for a large portion of the like human race who doesn't have to deal with any of that on a regular basis. And it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Also like even on a more um, basic level, like if you're a kind of person who has quite a, um, they have an assumption of trust of others or kind of an assumption of, 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 of abundance, like, you know, um, I can do whatever I like and I can create, I can create things. And, you know, there are ways to work with others and quite an open kind of, um, right. trust mindset. You, you forget that there are a lot of people functioning just with this like enormous central fear and paranoia of others who are going to fuck them over at any point. Um, I've had things like this happen in the past, like um, I, you know, about a year ago. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to help someone, and they sort of screw you over. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. About a year ago, um, I got involved in this like creative project, and like I have money, so it's not about money. Whenever I discover something, it's like always for, in general, it's always for joy or creativity or like I'm going to enjoy doing this thing. It's more of a a conscious choice these days. Anyway, I enjoyed um like this the art on this project and stuff and um i thought it was like an interesting thing to get involved with so i started contributing and eventually got like a a team role in this thing and um somebody else was was kind of uh proximate to me and um and i had like all the intention in the world of helping this person and helping the whole project succeed and helping everything do fantastically and like leveraging my contacts and stuff and just like using my brain to make this thing like a massive success. And then, um, the, the team kind of alienated themselves from me in an interesting way, kind of shut me off. And then like three, six months down the line, uh, I, I get to know someone in the team. I become friends with him and stuff. And he sends me like an enormous amount of, uh, well, like I, I basically receive screenshots of like what this other guy in the team has done. And like, it turns out that when I had joined, he started immediately um, spreading all kinds of lies about me to the whole team. And like, really like saying like, you know, this is a bad guy. He's got negative intentions. He's doing this to, to, to you know, promote his own thing. He's, he's like some horrible guy. He's going to be the death of the company, all this stuff. And it was like mind blowing to me because like when I had joined, it was like I had no financial agenda at all. Um, the, the, only, the only incentive there was to, to help and to make the thing a success because it was creatively interesting. And even my um, view on him was like, you know, this guy is kind of like very intelligent and creative and has a really good mind, but um, he's obviously like struggling in his life. Like he's working horrible jobs and stuff. My intention was like, I really would like him to be free. And I hope that my work in this little um, project would, would help him have enough success to be free and live creatively in the way he truly wants, like doing writing and stuff. Um, but then like looking back retrospectively, I was confused. I looked back and it turned out this guy had been like completely fucking me over, like beyond belief, like telling all kinds of lies and blaming me for all the failures and doing all these things. So it was like, it was a fascinating thing, uh, but, uh, but it was like, I couldn't be angry because this guy just lived in that mindset of, of paranoia. Like he assumed everyone else was going to fuck him over. 
Um, so it's like it's, it's funny to come up against these people who intelligent. Like it's it's as much as about your personality as theirs, and it's interesting that way. Like I, I think I'm similar, like in the sense that like if I get asked to do like um, like a more sort of like so we we had someone at our, one of our um, facilities leave and. Like people are like, oh, you should become the, the, you know, chairman of the department, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do that shit. Cause like, then I have to deal with like all these people that are going to hate me for firing them or whatever. Right. Like, I just don't want to have yeah. to deal with all that shit. So like not having to take those roles is partly about that, but like, yeah, the, the, um, the, the, when you're, when you're in those roles, like the weird negativity that comes at you, um, is mm. something you have to have a super thick skin for. Otherwise, it's just like you, we just don't belong in those kind of like environments, really. Yeah, it's like this no good deed goes unpunished sort of situation, right? Um, like there's another interesting phrase that's out there, like um, one of the hardest things to do is give away money. <laughs> like, you know, like if you drop, uh, if you, if you, 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 like if you drop a bunch of money on some village in Africa and, um, you know, thinking you're going to save them or some shit, then like you might just like, and you drop like tons of wheat there or something. I don't know. You'll ruin the crop there and, uh, or the, the market for the existing farmers and wreck the whole place. Right. So these are interesting, like weird, like balance problems with, uh, like these interpersonal things. And yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, uh, and you know, the crazy thing is like the more like helpful you try to be, the more like when a project like that where a person does something or people just don't get involved, the more like uh like I guess the 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 worse it feels for you, right? Like it's it's the the more involved you are, the more painful it is when it doesn't go well. No, when these people do these things. It's and in general, it's like whatever whatever perception of the world somebody has, like let's say this example I've just gave, this guy has like a very paranoid perception of the world where it's like a struggle. And other people are trying to fuck him over. And, um, you know, he needs to to kind of go through back channels in a covert way to to fuck the mother first. Otherwise, he's going to get fucked. and He's going to lose his job. and I'm out to take his job or whatever else. Um, it's interesting because if, if somebody has that that like base mindset, that base kind of paradigm of the world, how they view things, they always assume that other people are operating from the same model. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's there's always this like projection of the same worldview to yeah, all other people. The, the world is like a mirror to you. Yeah, it's like it's like be, because if I was in this position, then I do this thing, or because I fear this thing, then he must be doing it too. Um, it's it's I get this all the time. Like even on these spaces, it's like why are you doing these spaces? You must be promoting something, right? Like you must be you must be uh, trying to get that bag. You must be trying to do something or. You must be trying to 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 bully someone or whatever. Like you, you I get these comments all the time. You you do now, Sefi, as well. It's like, what are you doing? It's like people can't understand it. Like <laughs> it is its own pleasure. Like because they don't operate in that mindset. Probably- and, and even if you explain it, it's not fully uh, understood either. It's just no, right. never. It's just taken as like bullshit. Um, exactly. Like they, yeah. because they operate from that model of like everything they do has some kind of objective, some strategy. Like you know, getting the money, promoting something, doing whatever else. Uh, you know, trying to, to, to win against somebody, they can't ever step into a model of reality where that just doesn't matter um, or something else is optimized. I, 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 can, I, can sh- I can assure you that I would make way more money if I just go to work right now. <laughs> like, oh, like, I'd make... Like, messing around in here is certainly not making many money. <laughs> it's just good. For me, it's like got to a point where diminishing returns, right? And, and it, I, also now, like having all this experience and starting a lot of businesses and stuff and having exits, 
Um, it, it's also like a lot of the ideas I previously believed about um, hard work and and um, you know being compulsive and chasing success and stuff were all just bullshit. Like in that stuff, there was a level of stress and seriousness that was actually quite stifling. And if you if you do literally just focus on fun and creativity and like long term sustainable kind of pleasure and and um, an approach to things where it comes from joy, you're often just just in a way kind of magnetized to success um, because it's so sustainable and like your your emotional state and your approach to life and stuff it becomes really magnetic. Um, so it's like you know the lunk Dao thing for instance. I'm literally just having fun, like shit posting. There's, there's no, um, there's no real hardcore component. Like it, it took that thing took like a few days to start up, having an idea, and then I needed a little bit of technical help, like with the the management of, of validators and stuff. I talked to guys like you know PFC and others, Sefi. Um, I needed a little bit of help, like long term from from nerds, and and then uh, Jimmy got involved, obviously, and stuff, which was like helping with the technical aspect. I can kind of do a lot of that stuff, but I just fucking hate it, like organizationally, and and I'd rather not get too deep into it. Um, like I'm exactly the same way. There's I, like I, a level beyond which, like, like when I um when I when I started my first business and I had no money, I learned um, HTML and CSS and PHP and a little bit of like MySQL and stuff, and and made an e-commerce website, um and and like learned that stuff quite to a reasonable degree where I, I realized like yeah I can do this stuff, but I just fucking hated it. Like, like I hate the way it, I hated the way it made my brain feel. I hated like the use of time. I like a, just no enjoyment at all. I did it because I had to. Um, but like, it's the same now. Like I can do these kind of organizational technical things, but I just rather not. Um, so, but, but so like, like with, with the lunk thing, it's like delegate the bad stuff and literally just have fun and be on these spaces and stuff. And, and, you well, know, life is sort of like this, like self-discovery, right? There's a lot of things that you ultimately, if you're intellectual enough, you can do. The question then becomes, do you really want to do it? Yeah. And that's two different say, things. Okay. Like the, 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 if you're intelligent, you realize like how, if you go down a certain direction, the effects on your life, right? Like, like, you know, like an example would be like chess. Chess is immensely destructive for your life. Like it's, it's immensely destructive to extreme degrees and it becomes like vastly diminishing returns at a certain point. Um, so it's like, there was a certain stage where I was like, you, you've got to go fully or just not at all, or like keep it as pure play. So I did the play thing, but then I've, I've seen people like my, my chess friends and stuff just totally destroy their lives in the pursuit of these like, um, titles and, and, and things. It's just immensely ridiculous. Like how, how much of a trade-off there is. And it's like, but on, the, but, on the, but on the flip side, I've, I've done some things like where I'm like, eh, I can do this. I can do the technical work, but then it pisses me off that I don't want to do it more than I do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that I'm not motivated to do that, I don't want to do it. Like other people want to do it. It kind of irritates me a little bit because I know I can do it, which is strange. That's another weird feeling. Yeah. I, I don't care about that kind of stuff really these days. I, I think there's like, well, me, yeah, not so much anymore. I'm just saying as, as you're growing up, it's sort of, you feel that way. Yeah, for me, there's just like a, a kind of a flow to feel into these days. And if there's if there's a level of tension and forcing and stuff, then I'm just like aware that I'm not in the I'm not in the flow or the position um, that I should be. And then that's like a, a thing to introspect on where I kind of stop the project or delegate the aspect of it I don't like or something. And there's usually a way to just make it like really harmonious and joyous um, without the bad stuff.
at least in in business anyway it's a bit i think it's a bit different for you for like, yeah well well i have a um a business too and so like one of the things is like um i haven't found like the right type of um i don't know a reasonably qualified like person that, that uses the software i use and then i don't have someone locally that has the ability to do like the bookkeeping and accounting so i'm stuck doing that shit myself like as a side thing <laughs> so mm. it's like like number one it feels like it's totally beneath me it's just bullshit work yeah it's just not like the level i should be working at but the inability to delegate that because i don't have someone to do it for me is extremely fucking annoying like this is one of those things too like oh like I shouldn't have done this business because like now I have to do this stupid work and I have to add more work to my day that doesn't really like particularly um, like it makes no sense that I'm doing it at all. Yep. Yep. It's it's it, with like even creativity and stuff. It's also interesting how rare like a good aesthetic sense is. Have you found this like um, there are there are things that are creatively quite simple. But like the the discernment to do them in a, in a way that you would do them yourselves is like incredibly rare. Um, I'm going to take a shower now, so I'm going to go away for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, no, he's right. Like the this like there are people that are you know how there's like art critics and like food critics and stuff. Um, there's definitely people that are good at that's that. called like, Yelp. I think yeah, the, Yelp. Yeah, the critics are gone. <laughs> Weird out the critics. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. Like, there's definitely people that are um, particularly like discerning when it comes to certain things. Like, yeah, like I think they call them like tastemakers or something like that. Like, they they have a better sense of like what a lot of people like. Um, well, what like so like in comedy, like there's oh shoot, what did, what happened? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, something happened there. But in comedy, like, you know, there would be people, and this happens even with restaurants. Like, I mean, I think the really, the real places that you can still trust that are absolute critics, besides like the user generated content in Yelp or any of those types of um, centralized, like, user generated type of um, content, is like Michelin star, right? But even, I, I didn't realize this until I heard someone talking about comedy saying like you know you really really wanted like this one person to like say something really nice to you in the old gray times the, the new york times and now you can go onto twitter and you're literally criticized and to the point where you're you're banned like there's not one there's not a critique anymore there's no one critiquing you so oh i see what you're saying yeah. well um i don't know like uh there's definitely people like for example uh, there's a few people have like a really good nose for like let's say um what is it called like uh like perfumes and things like addy uh do you know a lot about this sort of thing the yeah like, like what, what have you seen about this um like about people that are really into perfume or like are able to like pick up on the notes and perfume really easily yeah yeah, yeah. like there's, there's certain people that have that capability so they get hired yeah. for like perfume companies and stuff yeah it's almost like um uh to me it's almost similar to like um i think that there are certain people that are just like meant to be like sommeliers you know what i mean like it's like that it's just this sort of unique talent of being able to pick up like stuff like that what does the word sommelier mean by the way i've seen the word um like uh it's like a like the if you go to like a restaurant and like the person that does their wine 
You know what I mean? Or oh, I see. Like, the person who like brings out the wines and has you. Yeah, like if you like taste them or if, whatever. Yeah, like if you um, I don't know. You're at like a nicer restaurant, and they they can make recommendations for like what type of wine you should get with you know your type your palate and like what would go well with whatever you order. Yeah, with like wine and chocolate and cheeses. Like the, once you get to a certain extreme, like the subtleties between the different ones starts to get really nuanced. And part of the reason why you have to have like the quote unquote expert on these things is because there are other people who are able to discern those nuances, like other cheese mm-hmm. connoisseurs and wine connoisseurs or whatever. And those people, when they're paying like premium amounts of money, they're looking for some very specific things. So that's kind of like a very premium, very like not OCD, but um like very highly enthusiast marketplaces are interesting in that way. Like that's yeah. You're yeah. you're almost talking about like a narrowed intelligence, like a very specific yeah. Yeah, very specific. Yeah. Exactly. Well it's like actually there's I can't remember the exact number, but I think I've talked about it before, like I'm really into wine, but the number of sommeliers like because you have to go to sommelier school is like very, very small. Like, I think I want to say there's like maybe less than 500 like actual sommeliers in the U.S. It might be more than that, like maybe more close to a thousand. But um, I mean, if you think about like the number of like um, more like high end restaurants there are and stuff, it's pretty crazy. And like the schooling that they go to is pretty intense. And a lot of them were like winemakers before. Um, It's yeah, it's really interesting sort of. But I think you have to have a very specific skill set to be able to do it. Mm. Another thing here is like if you are particularly discerning about something either through training or just like some innate aesthetic sense, it's very easy to to overestimate like how good other people are. Like even on a very simple level, like like um, let's say something like you need to contact somebody who's like a celebrity or a big player on Twitter like David Glockenspiel and get his attention and get him to respond to you and like jump in a two minute call with you or something. Most people are fucking hopeless of that kind of thing. And like, for me, it's just obvious. Like it's uh, like, I can do that kind of thing effortlessly. There's like an aesthetic sense to it. Um, so just have like a wine taster, like your average day wine taster. Wait, miss- what about wine? What did you say? Uh, Somalian. I forget the, I forget the word you used. Sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah, what about them? I, I was just saying they were like, just like they're pretty much your. Um, he's a he's a Twitter taster. <laughs> your average day wine tester. No, it's it's incredibly different than that. They have to go through a ton of schooling to be like, like they're Can like wine tasters go to school too. I don't know what a wine taster is, but all right. So a wine taster is basically, um, he he would drink the wine before the king would drink it because um, the wine could have been poisoned. Oh, okay. Was that a yeah? So the wine, no. the wine taster would drink the wine. Yeah, then... I I know what you're talking about now. I just, I mean, sure, if you, yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> We're talking about people who have like a, a really, really good ability to like tell which wine is which and like how old it is and this, that, and the other thing. Like get all the different details about the different flavor notes and all that. Um, yeah, there's yeah, like, like people the, that are really like good at it. Cheesemongers of wine, but like 
even more impressive, I might say, than like a cheesemonger. But yeah. And to the extent that you can like do so blinded like testing. Your, they're like your um your connoisseurs. They're like No. A connoisseur <laughs> would be like you and me going no. and buying wine, right? Like like maybe if we like it a lot, that's a connoisseur sort of. But no, this is like the, the apex. This is like this. they're like yeah. their job is wine. Like it's they're like the I mean yeah, when when you dr- when you drink wine and you're with a sommelier, is that am I saying it correctly? Sommelier, sommelier, sommelier. When you drink with you, them, you, you provide. Can you, you when it? you drink when you drink um, with S O M M E L I E R. It's a French yeah. word. S O M M. S yeah. S O M M E L I E R. Okay. If you drink with one, they literally give you confidence in like what you're drinking. Like those types of people like will understand to the nth degree about something certain uh, like wine and they'll give you confidence in like what you're drinking. And like some people like are put off by that because they don't want to sound or seem dumb. Some of the people like that. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Those aren't who we're talking about either, Robin. This is like, You're still talking about like wine connoisseurs. Like Like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about people that like the people that have like all those letters behind their names, sommeliers, and like they go to school, they take all these tests, they travel around the world and then they go to like certain shops and then like they help wine merchants and wine vendors to understand how to like pick out wine, right? Wine merchants and wine vendors general like if you go to a good one generally they know these are like people that think of this like in the same way that if you go to like um like i don't know if you go to a michelin like the executive chef there this job is almost as important as the executive chef like it this is like a very very yeah, serious it's, job it's the very genius level person so like for example um these are like say the autists a, of wine this is yeah. like the yeah it's like the luxury of wine no they would work they, this is the type of person that would work in a place like um like a place that actually like is a massive wine house that's like built like that's like um like essentially like um so they're pretty like, much like your connoisseur is a wine um these people like okay take no it, they're take not these people oh my god guys just look up what a sommelier is it's like <laughs> this is like it's a profession like these people are at a nice restaurant like if you're at like in a linea or like a per se or you know a mm. Bonadon or something like that they're making like you know like six figures high they can make high six figures like this is like a very very serious job that takes a, like there's like famous sommeliers like celebrity sommeliers <laughs> like this is yeah i don't like good. the they're treating you like wikipedia or something These i don't like that they're not just like looking up what <laughs> what it is i looked like, it up and it says it says a wine steward is is a trained and knowledgeable wine professional normally working in fine restaurants who specializes in all aspects of wine service. Sure. Is that not like literally everything I just said? I don't I don't even know how to spell it to look I, it up. I think we were saying like the same thing but different different mm. story. All right. Enough with the elementary fucking school. This anyway. is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> these 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 kind of uh conversational tracks that are 
mind-numbingly boring have a, a really negative effect. Since uh, since the, we had this conversation the last two minutes, about 16 people have left. We were at 50, now we're at like 33. So like it has a damaging effect. Like, please stop that. Coach, what were you saying before? You said you have the ability to like something effortlessly that you do. I'm saying like all of us, or maybe not all hey, of coach, us. Coach, I just want to let you, hey, hey coach, um, reason why people left is because uh, less people want to learn and more people just want to um, no. if if there's If there's good learning that happens, it's always fun. So no. Welcome back, coach. Hey, uh, yeah, Robin, I was saying that, that uh, a lot of people, you know, maybe not all, maybe some are just like terminally stupid in all domains, but have, have like a kind of an intuitive aesthetic discernment where they can do things very effortlessly. And that, that, that often means that they, they overvaluate how good other people are at that thing. So I gave the example of like something like sales or maybe um, even like courtship. Even if you take something as simple as, as say, Tinder, which Addy is Addy's favorite app. Um, if you take something as simple as Tinder and you look at, say, a thousand men, like the messages they send, 95% of them will be the most uncreative, fucking boring shit that gets ignored, like again and again and again and again. And they'll never, they'll never upgrade it. They'll never do any better. They'll keep saying, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? There's like no, there's no discernment at all, no learning process, no kind of um, evolution in the approach or anything. Uh, like for me, a lot, like a lot of that stuff was just simple. Like it was obvious that the, the kind of note you needed to hit, like aesthetically, or say um, a sales email or something, where you like, like say you need to speak to somebody, like some kind of um, celebrity or some big influencer or something, to be able to send them like a three line email that got their attention and got them into a call or something. That kind of thing is just obvious to me. But for a lot of people, you ask them to do it, and it's just like 99% of people cannot do that, or they will seem to use a part of their brain that is just like totally ineffective at it. Like they, they will be trying to like process it in a really weird kind of manual way, or like an analytical way or something, where it's like, for me, I'm just like operating out of some kind of aesthetic, like self-amusement. Do you know what I mean? It's like they, they don't have that, that function. It's but do you do you assume that like uh, so in that context like you assume that other people should have this ability but they sort of don't you kind of expect it out of them no no, no. You, because you have that sort of so it's like a, no 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 it's just it's just interesting like it's if you have a thing that has always been quite obvious you you can forget like how rare that is you probably have similar kind of things Seffi yeah it's like yeah there's definitely like these sort of things you realize that like you're sort of yeah capable at that um you, you have a hard time figuring out why everyone's having such a hard time sorting it out um yeah like for sure that's a thing um some people are just way more efficient at certain things than others are just way more like immediately proficient but it's not obvious why you are it's also like one of the reasons why you get attracted to certain careers too it's like you sort of like it's like a moth to a flame you sort of like um where your strengths are sort of like most likely useful there is a tendency to kind of like um, just gravitate towards it, really, for lack of a better word. Yeah, Shrut, what's up? Uh, hey, uh, how's it going? Uh, uh, so this is actually pretty hello. funny. I just spent uh, the last uh, yeah, in, uh, down at Cedars. What is this? Hello? Oh, Ken. Oh, Keep Ken. going. Please wait your turn. Um, speak English, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I spent uh, Labor Day weekend down in Cedar City Wine Festival, Utah. Uh, the Mormon country um, has, for the last like three years, held a wine festival. And I'm really good friends with the owner of the Wine Academy of Utah, who essentially um, hosts 
host events and oh lord um and and he's he's like a like one of the higher levels of sommelier there's several levels uh, i think i believe he's like a five um and a friend of mine is a six and so what a sommelier kind of differentiates themselves from like a connoisseur is i've seen this guy like drink wine and be like oh there's cherry notes in here or apricot notes and it's a uh, full bodied and and uh the grass was you know green at the time of the grape harvest kind of shit and it's very um it's it's very technical and so like to the layperson you know you drink it and you smell it and you do all these things that they do but the sommelier kind of kind of uh i kind of equate him to a tour guide right like you drink the wine and he's like hey you should be tasting you know a plum in this and maybe at first you don't taste it but when he tells you plum then you can kind of you know feel it on your palate and kind of get that oh okay this is a really dark uh dark nutty um you know kind of vibe so a sommelier kind of is like a the next level of someone who's just really good at you know drinking wine or being a connoisseur so to speak so uh, I, didn't, like, I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it'd be like levels to that, like level five, six, seven, ten, whatever. Oh, yeah. And they take so there's written tests and then there's um, actual tasting tests that they have to have to do. Because a buddy of mine, I've, I've actually and you have to go to like certain centers to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm in Salt Lake, um, but we've had to I've gone with him on for a couple of his tests because it's usually down in Las Vegas. So we'll like, you know, carpool down to Vegas for the weekend and have write, like a, do they write have a guy's essays, weekend and he'll drink essays. some wine. Do they write essays on it? Uh, yeah, actually, they'll say, explain German wine to me. And they'll have to write what makes a German wine different from, you know, wines anywhere else. And it'll be like, well, the altitude is this and the humidity how long, is this. How long are the papers usually? Uh, the I'm tests are sure. like, the, the so the tests are like, like, five hours long more than that sometimes like because you have to take like okay so new york has one of the like wine schools there's not a ton in the u.s you have to take i think yeah there's i think maybe up to like eight levels of it um and it's like you have to go through a lot to do it and then there's like some programs that you can be in like even more so than like the notes like these people can tell you like like if i drink a glass of like I don't know if I drink a glass of like Pinot Noir, I could probably tell you if it's, you know, California and Oregon or like if it's a red burgundy and I can maybe tell you the notes. These people can tell you like the specific ratios of nitrogen that were used in the growing process. They can tell you like the minerals in the soil and stuff like that. Like it's really like quite crazy. Who's yeah, their, their palate who's- is just very insane. Who judges those or like who who's like the professor who does how did how could maybe they're just making it up like well, how are no because that no like sorry I, I'm just really into this stuff no this they're is not great making it up it's like what like okay winemaking is is like most a lot of it is chemistry there's a certain element to it that's sort of like like there's variables to it that you can't control. But if you look at something like the way that natural wine is made, so like natural wine is wine that um, is like has a lot less intervention than um, your typical bottle of wine. Most people have probably never had natural wine because it's not as common, but like stuff like that in the standard winemaking process, like there's so many elements that go into it. So there's like 
ways that like it can but be not only that but you can you can blind test people right you could basically hand yeah. people a and specific it, bottle i mean you can pour something and then you know the contents of that bottle you know where it came from you know, yeah, you know like, wondering. there's like there's i mean the winemakers like like there's variables that are like measurable like they they there's they ha- they keep track of the amount of nitrogen that they put in they keep track of like um you know this certain like bacteria that they'll add during the fermentation process versus like natural wine which typically doesn't have any additives in it and stuff like that so you can certainly there's a science to it it's like that i think that's why it's so cool is because it's a science but it's also an art form because like you could take you could grow grapes and you could make one varietal of grape like a wine from the same varietal taste completely different based on the additives that you add in and the amount of nitrogen and um, maybe what you add to the soil as it's growing like it's really really cool and the people that are the assoms like it's crazy the amount of it's another interesting thing uh bruce is like if you happen to be sort of like uh highly proficient at one thing you can understand why someone else might be ultra proficient i mean what i mean at an extreme level like like what we're talking about here with sommeliers the thing is like a lot of people like the lay public when it comes to like let's say you don't have something very specific that you're really like ultra genius at then you have this tendency to believe that there are no people that have those capabilities like almost in disbelief like oh they're just making this up or like whatever no 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 no. i'm not talking about you specifically i'm just talking about people in general tend to feel that Um, it's a fairly common um it's a common thing that like there's a disbelief that uh about it and i think what it is a lot of people you don't actually in your daily lives like if you think about it like the number of people with like uh you know like um let's say an iq of 140 plus right which is which is pretty damn high um the the number of times you run into someone like that in your daily life even among uh like even in academic circles is relatively small so like you uh, and some of those people if especially if they're very productive like they really create a lot of things with that intelligence um it's remarkable how much shit they get done in a day like like it just blows your mind and it just like even smart people feel stupid next to it like and so uh, if you haven't actually witnessed these people in action i think it's uh, a very interesting you know, you know another interesting uh like side group of people that are fascinating um is like uh like extreme sort of like alpha male characters where like everybody's attracted to him like the guys in the room are kind of wanting to hang out with them the women you know like fawn all over him um like those are types of people too that if you haven't been around folks like that like you don't really believe they exist either they seem like some kind of tv caricature or something but so, there's definitely those people. But of course yeah, it exists. If you're yeah, in a year with like 400 right kids at school, you can say my name. Like, you're going to have one guy like that, right? Yeah, Bruce right here is one of these people. That's why we all love him. This yeah, which is why he goes on Twitter spaces all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that way he can get the message. Alpha male who panics when his Twitter account gets suspended. Oh, Kate, you're being very cutting today. It's She's brutal. Like trying to make me me have emotional spikes so i'll be attracted to her so she's like proving exactly what what sefi said <laughs> no but like uh i remember like a couple of these folks that i that i've met before like Addie, i don't know if you've met um guys of this type before but 
it's like there's some like sort of like magnetic attraction and uh people just want to hang out with them chat with them like there's something about it it's, it's fascinating and you only meet so many of those folks in a lifetime uh they're not everywhere for sure um you'd notice uh if they were <laughs> like i'm actually not sure if i've ever met one of these types being completely serious because but i guess it depends on like what attributes you think make somebody like an alpha male like maybe we have like a difference of opinion i'll give you an example so there's this guy um so this kind of albanian cat that we uh was uh, a roommate of my brother's um and he wasn't necessarily like the brightest light in the box in the sense that like um he couldn't get into like a medical program uh like in a U.S. medical school, so he went overseas and did something, and um, but he's a he's like great at like just communication and like he can, he, like he can make you like him pretty much immediately, right? He's one of these types of people, um, really like magnetic personality, but also just like just a good looking cat. Like if you saw him like on the street, I think he's a New Yorker actually, um, and uh, like. You know, he's the type of guy that, like, you know, women are kind of looking at as he walks down the street type of thing. So he's a reasonably good-looking guy, but just kind of like this magnetic personality as well. And um, and it's interesting. Like, it's like the way he kind of carries on a conversation with other guys is really cool. The way he carries conversation with, like, uh, 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 women is pretty natural. But there's just, like, this this weird, like, just magnetic attraction of everyone towards him. It's a fascinating, like, thing to see. Um, I've seen at least a couple, I had a roommate like that once, um, but like just a, a very like magnetic sort of like vibe about them, which is very interesting. Uh, and, and they like, they have this effect on practically everyone around them. So this guy, like who went to, um, this like for medical school and stuff, when you go back to the United States, it's actually really difficult to get into some types of programs, especially like, um, I don't know, like if you want to go to radiology or something, it's very competitive and typically it's not it's not those people that are going to get that program. But this guy like went to the interview at this, uh, at the place, he kind of like wowed the, like, you know, he's not even like exceptionally brilliant, but he wowed the people at the thing. And, uh, next thing you know, like the chairman is making him the, the chief of the thing at some point, like he has like that kind of like magnetism and, um, definitely like, uh, yeah, if you, if you, if you haven't met a couple of those people, I think, uh, I think, you know, who else is probably one of those people is Tom Cruise. Um, this is why he's like, like everyone wants to watch him and like, he's so successful in movies and stuff. It's not just his acting. Cause if you think about it, like if you look at Tom Cruise, right, the guy has the same basic character in every movie. You're not really, he's like, not, like how much acting is he really doing? He's not, he's just being himself and people just like watching the guy. And there's quite a few actors like that. In fact, like Denzel Washington, Tom Cruise, like, so there's a lot of guy actors that, that I think of that are like just they're just playing their same uh, personality. And actually, if they try to do something weird, like actually act as something different, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? You literally went there to watch these people act like themselves. And that's a pretty common um, like attribute of these types of people. So, yeah, they tend to go to like that show business thing because they're like they just have that like really, really attractive personality. And like they come across as like that. Uh, maybe like a stage presence or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, if you see those people in real life, like they tend to be very successful because I don't know if it's EQ or whatever you want to call it, but it's uh, strange how magnetic it is. It's like, and it's not even like they have to have a conversation very long. They just seem really, really interesting just right off the bat. Like people mm. just gravitate. Pretty cool. Thank you. It's the nicest thing you said about me. Thank you. This is basically a soliloquy about you. 
until Tom Cruise brings up the whole um, the hell is that religion he's a part of Scientology Uh, I think Tom Cruise is like a freak like I don't find like him magnetic at all but well, I think the fact that he's probably made more. It's kind of like the idea that he's made more money than um, anyone else in the world in acting. <laughs> that probably mm-hmm. suggests that he's doing something right. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely. I just, I don't know. I just don't. Because everyone who ever meets the guy loves him. It's, it's, it's one thing. Like, yeah, he's quirky and like um, he's got his little Scientology cult. But you know, it's not surprising. I don't like Tom Cruise. You're stupid. But it makes okay. it makes perfect sense that <laughs> right? it, it, it makes perfect sense that he's like in a cult, right? Like, like it makes it actually makes sense that a bunch of people are going to follow him uh, into Scientology because, like, he's just got yeah. that vibe. Addy, who are you? So is it more more like um, uh, who's that one actor? Ryan Ryan Gosling or is it Ryan Reynolds? I don't know. I don't really find yeah. either of them super. Like, Reynolds is very funny. You know who's also funny? Um, yeah, he's funny. I just don't. Vince Vaughn is like this to some extent. Yeah, he's, he's like Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I think like, well, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm not. I just. I. I don't know. I think. I mean, I definitely see how they have like a lot of people that find them like, like I get the common denominator. I think maybe I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I have some something like sort of like, I don't know, off kilter or something because I don't find them. I but I can't top... really think of someone that I do find like magnetic, like a celebrity. Like, I, yeah, I think Tom Cruise literally had his face uh, faked. Like, that's how popular. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're not going to convince me that he's like, yeah, it's, I would, I don't. Like mm, you've talked before, Addy. You you said you like uh, quite freakish and weird guys. Which is yeah, like I think it's um, okay. I think the best way I can explain it is that like, well, we've talked about before the intelligence thing. That's like probably like that's probably the way that I'm most um, shallow. Is like if that's not there, I'm gonna write you off as like just like I would. Like if I sense that somebody is stupid, I'm gonna write you off. <laughs> like that's and and that that's the way that I'm shallow. In the same way that I think everyone is shallow in some way, um, just I mean more for like uh, like romantic relationships. But I think it's like there's some attraction towards people that seem a little bit strange and like they have something sort of bizarre about them because I find it really interesting and it's like more like I want to surround myself with interesting people so when I see somebody where I'm like oh everybody really likes them I'm like I don't know that seems kind of boring uh, people are going to be successful right well yeah I mean I definitely want to be around people that are successful but like I think that that's sort of like um like a that's just like a given like I, I don't think I would be with someone that I didn't think was going to be successful not in like a way of like you know like monetarily successful but it's just like I like I don't know why like I wouldn't be I wouldn't find them attractive I think because I I like people that are driven so like that's just sort of like one thing that I like I wouldn't seek out anyone that was not like that it's more like the interesting thing I think is the part that I really like I don't know. 
I think I'm just, I get bored very easily. So if someone can't like, I don't know, I think I would be bored with somebody like Tom Cruise because I'm like, you know, is there anything even there? I don't know. Maybe like, um, well, Tom Cruise is just he fun. was, he was in, fun, wasn't you know? he was, he was in, um, eyes wide shut. Right. Wasn't that him? And yes. yeah. So like his character there. Yeah, I would definitely be interested in that character because, like, that's something fucking weird and, like, interesting. But, like, him, Tom Cruise, and, like, Top Gun, like, that's not interesting to me. How about Vanilla Sky? Do you like Vanilla Sky, Tom Cruise? Um, I haven't seen that. Oh, that's, that's a great a, movie. That's a good one. Great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you believe that, do you believe that most of Hollywood is installed by the Illuminati? Um, I don't really care if they are or not i think there's definitely some weird shit going on there but eddie i'm gonna ask for a little bit more specificity um specificity here you said you you said you write people off if they don't display a level of intelligent or maybe following their own path so um who in this space have you written off (laughs) i i don't know i don't think that i have heard enough people like sort of delve into their personal lives enough to know that you know like i'll definitely give people a chance to like um like show me but i mean i'm not like coming into these spaces and thinking like oh who am i like i don't know like who's my like target i don't know you're allowed to be prejudiced in in love and and relationship yeah no i i agree i mean i think listen i think that they're like i think for sure there are things that you have to compromise on in relationships but like i have just like it's like having standards there's nothing wrong with that minor maybe just like not like i don't have any like physical standards for partners and i mean that like seriously but like yeah i don't i don't want to be with a dumbass it's just like i i just mm. don't i don't know like who I, who specifically are you thinking they dumbass like here yeah in the speaker's panel <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't like it's, I, I don't know. Like the, I don't think there's been enough breadth of like topics of conversation for me to like make that determination. I wouldn't want to jump. To, like I would definitely write people off, but like I give them a chance to prove themselves first. And if they don't, but like, I don't know. It's, it's different in real life. I think it's easier to pick this? up on in real life. Y'all know about uh, Tom Cruise's middle tooth. His middle tooth. Look up a look up a picture. Uh, Google it. Tom Cruise's teeth. He has a middle tooth. Like his two front teeth, like ones in the middle. Correct. Mm, that's weird. You would think maybe he would have gotten like veneers or something to fix that. You said you liked weird. Yeah, but I also said that like physical stuff isn't like. I don't know. Was, you said ask. physical stuff wasn't important. Yeah. But it, that's like objectively weird. But it doesn't mean like that's not why I would write Tom Cruise off. <laughs> Wouldn't be for his middle tooth. All right. So what if you came across somebody who was more intelligent than you? I would only want to be with somebody that was more intelligent than me. That's what maybe what I'm getting at. What if they're what not if, interested in you? That's okay. People are allowed to not be interested in me. But I've. Holy uh, shit. Now I'm going to notice this middle tooth fucking thing every time I watch this like, movie. This kind of thing's really common. Just like a level of facial asymmetry or like 
Yeah, it's impressive though. It's he's, he's not wrong about this. Faces of people who are um, like like they take the two sides of someone's face like a celebrity, and then they mirror each side. So there are two images of of the symmetry of the left and the symmetry of the right, and they look like freakish. Like like a level of asymmetry is a good thing. Wait, I actually want to go back to what Morland just said. I would say that generally, I think men would rather be more intelligent than the women that they're with. Do you disagree with that? I, I think men uh, who are intelligent will write um, others off, uh, male or female, mm. if they're I mean, I th- intelligent. I think like, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think like, intelligent people definitely like other intelligent people but like just someone can be intelligent and someone can still be more intelligent than them like just because you're with somebody that's smarter than you doesn't necessarily mean like you're some dumbass you know what I mean it's just like the way I see it is like if I were with somebody that I thought was less intelligent than me I just don't think like I can't imagine how that would like significantly, which mm-hmm. I'm not saying like I'm the most intelligent person in the world. I definitely I think what don't you're, think what, that. I think like, what you'd be looking be for boring. is not necessarily someone like um, equ- equivalent to your exact sort of knowledge base. Of course but, not. Like intelligent in the sense that like they're smart about something. Yeah, like, I would, like the I way you're smart about something. Intelligent and passionate about the things that you know they're interested in. That's the thing. Like I don't need somebody that's like has the same level of intelligence about like fuck i don't know like like russian literature what they're interested in right well yeah but not like you want addy it's like it's like you get a bit like testy and and bitchy to some guy and you start like complaining about something and then he just like effortlessly can refute it yeah you get embarrassed and shit because you're like fuck this i can't win with this guy he just fucking runs circle around me. You know what I mean? Oh, you want like, you want, like a line. Yeah, like I'm not like maybe that sounds crazy, but yeah, exactly. Like there's a I think there's a comfort in being with somebody that um Well, there's a comfort I, too because in a sense that like you want to make sure that when like your spouse or whatever is out there, like in the world that um they're not going to be taken advantage of and fucked with basically. There's yeah. like, a, like I wouldn't like wanna... an, it's similar to how some people have like a physical imposing look, like a, maybe like a physical defense. There is sort of like a mental defense that comes with like just being kind of street smart and just kind of. Yeah. Like... And I also think it's like, um, like maybe one part of it is I'm like a very, very anxious person. Like I just have a generally incredibly high level of anxiety, which I think it's like that is difficult when like it it is um calming to me when somebody is very intelligent and can like uh sort of like rationalize things that well, I'm anxious well, about. Well, and tra- I, just, me I with, don't know. I, I agree with me with this, Addy. Do you agree with me that some highly intelligent people are have a some sort of stupidity? Um, yeah, of course. Part with them. But there are some people that are just of average intelligence across the board. It's just like there's a difference between, and I'm sure that this comes across as vain and shallow, but it's just 
it's just the way the world is. There's a difference between highly intelligent people, intelligent people, average people, and people. Yeah, like, like for example, even I, like I train like lots of doctors, right? So it, even among that crowd, there's a huge difference. So like to say that there isn't between everybody else, I can tell you for like absolutely yeah. fucking certain there is. Like <laughs> there's like plenty of people I cannot teach you to do shit. Like no matter how smart you think you are, like you're not getting there. Like it's but just not going to happen, right? It's but, also like I wouldn't just like like okay, you know, like someone being highly intelligent definitely like just one of the standards I have. That doesn't mean I would go and like date or marry any person of high well, intelligence. Well, like what I'm saying of is there's many, there's many different types of intelligences. Well, uh, sure, but also not, not everyone is <laughs> not. There's no one that's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is a, this is patently false, by the disagree. way. <laughs> this is patently medically and completely I mean, bullshit. Like, yeah, there, there are people that is, are absolutely fucking morons for there's sure. Actually, <laughs> I mean, like there is whether or not people like it. Um, there's, I mean, look up top. IQ is a real thing. So of course, there's people can ha- be intelligent in different ways, but. I'm like at a baseline, there is a way to measure intelligence. So yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that like uh, that implies whether you're good or bad people too, by the way. Um, actually, of there's a much not. higher proportion <laughs> of bad people, like fairly evil people among higher intelligence groups. So higher amounts of sociopathic behavior, higher amounts of like, like you're very rarely going to find like, a, um, for example, a, a serial killer in the IQ 70 range. It's just not even a thing almost um, like, you're going to have like these interesting sort of broken brains that happen at higher levels too. So it's not automatic that, um, you know, yeah, the, the intellectualism or something like that automatically leads to, to better. That's what the, the post up there, like coach, like posted. Well, kind I, think, of like, I think what Addie's trying to say is um, she's interested in people that predominantly use the intelligence rather than their personality. Well, definitely not. <laughs> mm, I, I, I think Addie's Addie's just trying to like she's using a word like intelligence to to crudely point at something to signify something. It's not really that. It, it's more of a kind of a general wisdom or capacity to to deal with chaos, both her chaos and the, mm-hmm. the chaos of the world, and and ultimately to to dominate her in arguments. Like when Addie gets a bit confused or crazy or whatever, um, and and has a problem, a complaint. The man can effortlessly swat it away and uh, and and reassure her and have her pacify and lie on the floor in a fetal like, position. Well, there's like okay, I think there, like I agree with that, and here's the reason why. It's so like, and this is potentially just maybe my temperament. I think part of it is just like a feminine thing. I'm not really sure, but there's nothing more kind of like almost this is going to sound really mean, like sort of like off-putting and sort of disgusting when you're in an argument with someone or a debate with somebody and it's like they just can't like follow or it's like they, I don't know, like it's just, I yeah, couldn't, you're, you're just not I able couldn't to do that. Like I that just, level. yeah, yeah, that would like, I would be turned off. I wouldn't like, I, yeah, that's just something, look, like, you know, it's kind of like, some guys really like blondes, some really like brunettes, some people like really like, you know, whatever, a certain body type, whatever, like, and that's totally fine. I've just always been attracted to intellectualism. Like, 
But I, I'll, I'll, I don't give know. A, I'll give an example here of where, like, I have felt like I was an idiot, like in in certain circles. Like, for example, um, so when you do sort of like medical science literature, um, like statistics is really complicated. Um, it's like cognitively like a very specific exercise that some people are really good at doing the math of it, the sort of like logic behind it. It's like, um, like an elite gamer level type of thing. If you think about it, like less than 1% of the population of the planet's any good at this stuff. So like, like verifiably any good at this stuff. It's why it's hard to find like the type of, um, it's hard to find, hire people for these kind of positions because they're so difficult. It's not like, oh, like I'm just going to find somebody. Like, no, you have to find someone really good, and you have to like understand that they're credibly good. And the the like, so when you see that, and so when you're a lot in those circles, and you have tried personally to be good at this thing, and they're just running circles around you, right? Like, I think what it is is you have to be completely and totally embarrassed by your own personal ineptitude from time to time to realize that there are actually people that not only are very, very much smarter than you in a particular task, but well, this idea that the general public is going to get to that level of that person, like if I can't, like we're talking about, yeah, it's just not likely to happen. Mm. Like it's just statistically like ridiculous almost to think that like, yeah. So a lot of people think that, oh, well, like maybe like uh, maybe I'm really smart. I'm just not smart at one thing. Um, it's okay to simply say like, I suck at producing music, for example, like, like there's not going to be a universe in which at this point, like I'm going to be a really, really, really great musician. It ain't going to happen. Right. It's just not going to happen. I've tried, I've done different things and it's just not like my aptitude at all. So it's perfectly fine to say that I'm not going to be able to do that. Now, does that mean that like, maybe I just haven't found the right instrument or some shit? I guess maybe, but I doubt it. So like, there's a, there's a realization that comes when you figure out your weaknesses and that's fine. But this idea that somehow, like, everybody just simply has some hidden extreme talent out there, I think that's largely delusional. Like, if, like, if, like for example, like, if I were to say, well, I'll probably play Michael, like, like, I'm likely to, if I practice really hard, be as good as Michael Jordan. Like, there is not a universe in which I'm going to be, like, playing like Michael Jordan. This shit is not going to happen. I can barely get a basketball and a hoop, right? Like, it's just not going to happen verifiably. Like, you know, like it's just, it would be even ridiculous to think so. So I think like, yeah, the different people have their different talents, but it doesn't necessarily all equate to necessarily intellect it can, or intelligence in the way that like mathematical or computational, or whatever uh, decision-making, it could be like musical talent or, you know, like the ability to sort of like, I don't know, aim a basketball or like really have like really, really good court side, court presence or whatever you call that, like that tactical capability. So yeah, it's sometimes it's hard to measure what your capability is, but I wouldn't say we should assume that we're smart and we have this capability um, as an automatic thing. Like you have to discover whether you have that or not. And I think what Addie's saying is she likes the people that are actually trying to discover those limits. It's kind of the best way to, I think, like, if you think about how people like are, me would think, I'm trying to discover maybe those limits about me, but the only way I can do that is by trying those things and, you know, and like fishing that out and then realizing, hey, I suck at this. Yeah. Um, so, you know what's anyway. as well, Sefi, is, is this kind of stuff also applies in crypto. Like, I, I'm friends with a lot of the, the top Terra founders and, and the guys at Delphi and stuff. Like, I know a lot of people in real life and I speak to them regularly. Um, and I had a conversation one time in in a, in a Zoom call with with uh, you know Jose from Delphi and others, and I, I kind of just was digging curiously 
like like who do you think are the smartest people in the space like like who's really good at this shit like the the, the tokenomics aspect like like um identifying problems in projects and the, the trade-off spaces for solutions and like you know you know like the the game theoretic weighing up of, of solutions and stuff and it was quite interesting like like uh jose in particular started talking about a number of guys he said like um the guy from how do you say is it ave is that how you say it aave Ave, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ave, yeah. He said he said uh the engineer, I think he's called Emiliano or Emilio from from Ave, is like a hundred times better than him at uh working out the 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 the, the problems and the trade-off space for solutions and just optimizing it like on a tokenomics level. And he's like and, and Jose is really good at like tokenomics and stuff and he's done that for years now. And and he was saying like this guy just can wrap his head around the the problems and generate solutions like optimize for the trade-off um space just just instantly like a hundred times better than him so it's quite interesting it's like there are people in this space now who are like and, and jose is pretty smart like we've thought like when i've spoken to him he's like I'm he's sharp friend. as a tack when it comes to these things too yeah well, me and me and jose are good friends so like yeah he's yeah he's 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 very good at the stuff and he's he's gone deep yeah, yeah definitely. he's gone deep 16 hours a day for for years now you know, and and he's good at this stuff. Like analytically, his his brain is kind of wired for this this kind of domain. Um, but but he said, you know, there there are guys out there in these other projects who he's consulted with and stuff who can just do it instantly, like a savant level of of wrapping their head around this new unstructured domain, which is really interesting. You know, there are these freakish well, entities what out. I'm, there. What I'm saying is, um, I don't believe that here there's um there's um a group of intelligent people, and here there are some morons you know i believe there are different types of intelligences um just maybe not in the same form i think you can have like i think sort of maybe one thing that gets confused or like i think that our i think our two different things are like skill set and being skilled at something and being talented in something doesn't it's not you know the same as intelligence necessarily. I think, I, I don't know. I think that that's maybe one part of it, but it's also like, this is another way I would frame it. Cause I'm sure that I'm probably coming across as like some vapid bitch. When I talk about this, I like, I get it. But uh, what happens actually, like, if you, if you talk about um, behavioral uh, genetics or be- behavior in any context in a public square, um, you're likely to be ostracized from it uh, pretty much as a given. No, I'm serious. This, this is one of the most like uh, touchy oh, subjects. Oh, no, Addy, I think what you said makes sense. So to me, um, like I'm 152 on the IQ scale. So like I'm reasonably intelligent um, if you're going to put it on the IQ scale. But I can't write a note of music. I just have no musical ability so I, I would trade it all in a fucking heartbeat to be able to play the guitar or to be able to like play the piano. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of like that's the way it is. Um I am creative in different ways, different ways. Um so like um I do a little bit of drawing and do a little bit of writing. So um that's yeah, I'm I creative think, in right, that way. Like saying, like, all entertainment artists right, who are, you know, dropped out of high school are dumb. And and we and we all know that's not true, right? They're just intelligent in different ways. Can I just point out something? I, I think I you're clarify, confusing. There is a difference there. Having done well or not in school is not necessarily an automatic uh, indicator. By the way, 
Yeah. So the the extreme, like say, take for example an Eminem, right? Uh, the guy is like obviously extraordinarily talented in what he does in his like his poetic nature, his writing skill, his like just yeah, his just his rap talent, for example, just the sheer speed that he can um you know throw out the rhymes and everything like he like so yeah clearly uh but the thing is like most people aren't skilled in music in this way like if you drop out of school the odds that you're going to be a freaking like you know superstar at the you know at, at those levels is really really rare right so like you can't look at the music industry and say oh yeah mo-, you know like like you know like and i mean you can superstar. Be- i mean superstar what's that i said <laughs> and i mean superstar like someone who's really famous. Like I mean, yeah, but the, yeah. I, I, I dropped out. Like I dropped out of school. Like I'm, I'm very blessed. So I'm very lucky to have like a great job and to do like what I do. And I mainly do it for my tortoises and my two guinea pigs. But um, yeah, like like I dropped out. Like like I was like 16, 17. I had the worst fucking mother in the world, which is quite funny because obviously the Queen's dead at the moment. And uh, yeah, midlife. Can I ask questions? So, when you claim to have 152 IQ, which test specifically was that, and how old were you? Uh, it was three different tests. So, um, yeah, like uh, 147 to 152 was like the, the highest. Which test specifically, and how old? Um, I did them last year because I got diagnosed with bipolar last year. So I was like, okay, how smart am I? Um, because someone said. Uh, People with uh, bipolar are quite smart, so I was like, okay, let, let's do some tests then. Let's let, let's do it. And like, I spent like nearly five hundred pounds on this bollocks. Um, and yeah, like like yeah, one four seven to one five two is my IQ five, range. What? Because like a standardized Mensa test or something is like a hundred quid at a supervised testing center. So what did you buy? Um, I I did most of it over the internet, to be honest, but um. But yeah, one four seven to one five two. So it wasn't, super, it wasn't supervised or timed. They were all timed. Um, the three IQ tests I did were all timed. Um, one of them was like thirty minutes. Another one was forty. Um, I think. I think the one I did from Mensa actually was like fifty minutes. So you paid five hundred pounds for a non-supervised online test. That's not yes. very high. Yeah, they're they're kind of so so as far as like accuracy when you do that, but yeah, it, but yeah, I mean you're you're probably if you're getting up into those numbers, you could be there, but that's pretty rare. So like, um, yeah, I know. If you yeah. want to have a test, you need to go to a supervised test center and do something like um, the Cattle Culture Fair or Ravens in a proper supervised setting. Like, okay, Ravens, I've heard about. Yeah, like 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 Ravens, they invite me to uh, come and test. So. Um, Either way, it's like it's going to be a function at the at the end of the day. It's like your your like let's say computational capabilities and these kind of things. There's also these other elements like motivation. Like if you're not actually motivated to use it for anything, like yeah. There's also like, plenty like, of people. They were they were pretty specific yeah. about my my math ability and um yeah they were pretty specific. Um, Ray, Raven actually like um I don't know who the guy was talking before, but uh, yeah, Raven invited me to test. What do you mean they invited you? It's just a it's a, a standardized test. Raven's progressive matrices and the advanced uh, version. Yes. And test. they do have a actual charity in London in the UK. So uh, they did invite me to test. Interesting. Yeah, like so the the thing is like so there's different elements to this, but like 
there is this kind of misconception among many people that like it's like there isn't such a thing as like certain levels of aptitude that oh like uh like you know you hear this argument a lot in um circles where like in like diversity arguments right you hear this all the time you say like why aren't there this I many have people no fucking musical ability can i just say this out loud it's like like because i have to get it out there gotcha. i have yeah, no musical got, ability <laughs> i have absolutely no creative kind of like artistry like and my grandmother was a fucking watercolor artist i have nothing to do with that yeah, I'm very they, good at math. I'm very good at science. IQ and art, art skill are not necessarily like, uh, a, they're not clear cut either. But yeah, what I was going to say is like, um, wait, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Where was well, I at? Something oh, about diversity. Oh yeah, so it, it, this, this argument comes up a lot like in these like diversity types of arguments. People say, well, why aren't there, you know, this many people of like, uh like this race doing this why aren't there this many people of this sex doing this and so you have like an office and you have to like put together a team to like i don't know create whatever right um so if you're ave or whatever like are you going to get the guy that like is the hyper genius regarding like tokenomics and like the math of this are you going to like figure out how to like fill that spot with like some sort of like special interest group of some kind the reality is is like at the end of the day the the consumer what's that what's that but there are like if you look at like like Indian like like economics and history. Yeah, but you have to find me. them. No, but you got to find them. Where are we going to find these magical people? You're going to put out an ad and say like like by the way, we want this, and people are going to come from all over the world. No, hiring is not that easy, right? If you ever if you own a company, and or also something Nigerian like that. actually at the moment, like there's some really fucking smart Nigerians I've met in the last couple of days. So um yeah. Like, sure, but they can't just be, they can't, they just can't be smart at one thing. They have to be smart at the specific thing you care about, right? And, right? You, and they have to be willing to work for you, and they have to be willing to like have the skill set you need. There's so people, it's, there's people dedicated to you know like intelligent at scamming other people. Like they're they're actually good at scamming other people. Yeah, they're not going to scam me that quick, that long. If you come try to become a doctor under me, you'll I'll know within five minutes whether you know anything. Your questions will come out stupid. That's how I'll know you're stupid. That's it's as simple as that. Like smart people ask smart questions. This idea that like there are no such thing as stupid questions is nonsense. Of course, I'll give you a great example of this. So if I had a uh, a doctor training under me and they came to me and said, "Oh, hey, uh, like, I am laughing so hard." So what's the, well, if they come and ask me and say, "What's a ventilator?" Right. I'm going to say, that's a stupid ass question. Why are you even here standing in front of me if you don't even know what that is? On the other hand, if someone says, oh, yeah, I, I went and looked up the uh, ARDS network studies about like, you know, tidal volumes uh, regarding ventilator care. And I'm curious to ask you, like, why the study suggested, you know, these particular parameters when they did the analysis and why they didn't do this. Right. So the depth of the questioning is almost always correlated with the intellect of the individual. Like almost like within instance, you can tell who is smart and who isn't. It's really easy. Um, and not only that, but like motivation. So if I tell people, okay, go research this, this, and this, right? You need to know this because, um, you know, and you need to know how to like uh, dedicate yourself to understanding why this study was designed the way it was and what the parameters are. And they come back to me and they have made no effort. Then I can tell that their motivation is a problem in which case, again, it doesn't matter what race, color, creed, sex they are. I'm going to discriminate like a motherfucker that you're stupid. Like, you know, like I told you exactly what to do. You couldn't even go out and bother to try. And then you tell me stories about like this, that and the other thing. So, yeah, like when it comes to life and death, like which is what I deal with, 
um, the public is not going to care why you let their mom die because so-and-so like didn't know what they're doing. They expect results, pure and simple. So like, I have to basically only assure that the people who are capable get the kind of licenses or whatever that you know, involve life and death, right? So it's not a question at that point of like, um, you know, okay, I'm going to let you slide by because you didn't decide to do the work or whatever. No, like when I write a recommendation letter for you to go off to go do your next thing, it's just not going to be as shining as the next person. It's just simple as that. Like that's how life works. So this is kind of like in reality, like you wish everyone was perfectly equal and you'd like to find people that would fill every niche really well, but it's really hard to find people, um, to find, fill every niche, to fill every job to the extent that you might think that you might want to fill it. So yeah, it's not as simple as just like sending a message out to the whole planet, right? Like you have to have a, within a subset of subset of subset of people, you have the possibility of like filling a job position, things like that. So it's not as easy as it sounds by any stretch of the imagination. If you've ever hired people um, to find, like f to fill certain roles, it's really tricky. Let's just, let's just agree it's a touchy subject. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's a touchy subject, but the difference is, uh, what big difference is the people who have the guts to actually talk about it versus don't, typically. It's a big difference. Like, look, I think it's, <laughs> this is like, I'm losing IQ points from this conversation, but I think it's like, there nobody is saying, and this is not what I meant when I started the conversation, that somebody that is not as intelligent as somebody else is in any way, shape, or form a better person anything like that or like that it's not to say that other person of lower intelligence isn't talented in yeah know, there are different forms of intelligence well <laughs> oh i disagree with this is like first of all Addy. this like idea that there's different forms of intelligence all these are the talent things these are patently <laughs> obvious to anyone that's actually intelligence like this doesn't even have to be said it's like we're not even talking about that like, it's like, like, can, can i just yeah, say something as well no one's real quick. No one has said that no one has said there are more land more land i think you're confusing in the way you're saying it intelligence with experience anyone can get an average baseline and be decent at a decent you know at any sort of skill but intelligence will be the difference between someone, you know, in the higher echelon of their creed, talent, whatever. For example, uh, you know, you wouldn't see me sitting in a room with mathematicians trying to, you know, fucking right, crack exactly. nuclear fission. But you would see me in a room learning how to weld, uh, learning how to, you know, be a, an electrician, a gas engineer, just for the sheer fact that I'm interested in learning how it all works. Like, I, yeah. I would class myself, you know, maybe average intelligence. I, I sometimes. fucking love engineering. Like, fucking hell. Like, like the, from the from the day that my dad taught me how to fucking weld a pipe, I fucking love engineering. But going back to what Morland's saying, just because there are people that have different talents doesn't necessarily make them intelligent or, you know, not, not everyone is intelligent. Sorry to say, like, and I keep using this one guy as an example. Uh, a guy came into the space two weeks, three weeks ago. Either off his nut or just dumb. Well, actually, going, it's, it's it's patently obvious if you ever deal with people with like um, IQs of seventy to eighty, it's really really obvious, right? Like the the problem is like a lot of people have not like say for example trained people with like special needs or something like that, um, or for that matter on the elderly spectrum. Like if you haven't dealt with enough eighty to hundred year old people and you haven't witnessed the effect of say for example dementia 
and other things, right? Then you have like not had enough experience understanding intelligence either. So yeah, the right, age so matters. What, what is intelligence then? What is well, I, th I think that's the challenge with the I IQ score, right? The IQ score isn't going to pick up someone who's just amazing what, what at music or someone who's what, an amazing juggler or somebody what who's is intelligence? really what is good intelligence? at, you know, perceiving energy or there's so many better. different facets of it. And the IQ score won't better, pick up like better. 99, you know, 100, 200, 1,000 of these different facets or forms. The IQ score can pick up one type of intel intelligence. Definitely. But like that's not the point of the IQ test. It's not It's not to yeah, measure those like, things like, because everybody, right. everybody understands um, that most IQ tests are, are pattern recognition. Can you stop so most IQ tests you do are pattern recognition. So um, it, it's basically you recognize patterns, and um, and and that's what we do as humans, right? Okay, so from from the minute you're like three years old, like you you can remember patterns. Um, it's the power of three almost. Um, and and yeah, better. I I believe I believe what you say. Like I think you're very very right. I have no musical ability whatsoever. And it's one of the things that fucks me off like every single day. Cause I don't have that. I'm not that I'm not creative in that way, if that makes sense. And I am as yeah, I'm just about as smart as they come. But um yeah, I can't I can't do music. Even though I can recognize patterns, like like one of my favorite pieces of music is um it's written by Beethoven. Um, when he learned he was going deaf. It's called uh, Moonlight Sonata. It's Moonlight Sonata number 11. Um, he basically realized he was going deaf and he wrote this piece of music. And oh my God, I can fall asleep to that every night. But for me personally, I'm shit at music. Like I can't play guitar. I can't. I spent three years trying to fucking play the piano. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part sci-fi space, The Sword versus The Moon. Recorded on Monday, September 12, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with a dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Dan envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next No one gave a shit Till the drugs all dried up Everybody died From a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter We was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal He just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime Till the
the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the bird's view Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle, man. Play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Two spaces.